This episode is brought to you by the Project Manga Patreon, the best way for viewers to support the project and allow us a means to keep providing new and quality content to our subscribers. Go to patreon.com slash projectmanga and find out more about the perks we have available to patrons, including early access to all of our content and exclusive videos like behind-the-scenes footage and additional manga reviews. That's patreon.com slash projectmanga. All right, let's get into the episode. Welcome back to the Project Manga Podcast, where we cover Ayashimon, Sakamoto Days, Mission Yozakura Family, Jujutsu Kaisen, My Hero Academia, and One Piece week to week. Back this week covering Weekly Shonen Jump issue number 17. I'm your host, Eagle. Knox. And joining us once again is our good friend, Axel Blaze. Thanks for coming on the show again. Thanks for having me. It's, uh, if there was one week to be here. Right. It's, it's this week. It's this, week. It's this one. It's this week. <laughs> yes, sir. Um, well, with that being said, we do want to get into things rather quickly. So as we always say, please do take a look in that description box where you can find uh, links to any and all of our individual social media accounts, such as Twitter, online communities, such as Discord, audio listening platforms to consume the podcast upon, as well as uh, ways to support the pod, ways to support the podcast, such as our Patreon or our online store. Also, while you're down there, you'll be able to find links to any and all of uh, Axel's stuff. We'll put his Twitter down there and his YouTube page and all that happy stuff. Yeah. And um, also, timestamps down there for you to conveniently navigate yourself through the video and avoid spoilers for sections that you're not current in that series or whatever. Yes. And with all that being said, ah, what a fantastic weekend jump. All six books. All Love six. It. All six. Love it. This will be a good and, one. This will uh, be a big one. Couple bangers yeah One i'd piece. say I, I would say three dude <laughs> i would say i would say th probably three bangers th three out of the six for sure are like absolute bangers and yeah. you can really call all of them kind of bangers in their own right you know yeah. but there are three like monumental almost mon yeah. at least one monumental chapter that we're going to be discussing tonight yeah yeah, uh, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. well with that being said let's uh let's jump right into it man ayashi moan First chapter of the night, chapter 17, welcome. Yes. Beautiful. And, uh, yes, definitely was a very beautiful chapter. I I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. I like Especially um, starting off with Okay, go ahead, sir. Oh, I was just gonna say I love how 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 differently Maruo is is kind of being handled as like the the punching machine, like main character, right? Kakuyuji shows his strength. You know, often obviously punches through everything, and and he's kind of like a Mashal or kind of like a like a Saitama in that way. But he also shows that he really is like still just a human a lot of the times too. Like he can hurt himself with his own strength. And when he when Maruo punches, you know, the wall that releases all of the water onto Katone, it makes a point to go back and show that that hand is like shattered, crushed, bleeding. You know what I mean? All from Maruo, not from him taking mm -hmm. an attack or anything like that. He can. He is wildly powerful, but like you still see the damage he takes from his body being pushed past its limits, which is yeah. which is a cool kind of contrast to get surrounded by series like Mashal and and One Punch Man and things like that, where they have a similar strategy inside of the main character. 
Yeah. You get I to see a big mentality change from him too, but we can definitely talk to that about that once we kind of get to it. But yeah. I, I, I was very pleasantly surprised when we got to that point. But yeah, it, it definitely, uh, chapter definitely starts out with a splash. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely appreciated this. No pun intended. He said. Yeah. <laughs> um. No, I definitely peeped that and appreciated that as well, Knox. And I think Cotone did high key as well, because yeah. you can see on the bottom, you know, of page three, his little eye yeah. peep in the hand. Yeah. And then he fucking is like, damn, he fucking busted his shit up and he's yeah. grabbing me and then he fucking mm. Yeah. It probably goes into like Cotone's like newfound like kind of appreciation for Mario, not just because he has him dead to rights at the end of the conflict, but also because he peeped that his hand was literally shattered and bleeding, and he's still putting his all into it to make sure that he pulls this W out. It probably did a lot for, like, the whole, like, we're putting our souls into this kind of thing in the eyes of Catone. Yeah. yeah. So he's probably especially like, okay. For, yeah. Especially for a machismo character like, you know, the archetype that Cotone is. Yeah. He definitely, you know, would respect seeing something like that. He's Type like, shit. Okay, you, you got some grit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I respect you. Like, all right, get. Okay. <laughs> I did have one complaint, though, with yeah. that scene. I had one complaint. So the technique that Cotone used was called full speed tiger soul dash. Yeah. Full speed. Like, yeah. it's like this, like, flashy, like, ha, 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 like, moving back, like, really fast. and Dodging just, like, water drops. Thinking of, yes, but, like, thinking of, like, the speed and the distance that he covered and Maro, who is not exactly fast and like right. more or less just has like the propulsion of the water to grab him. Right. I'm just like, you're really calling this your full speed tiger soul dash, and that's the distance that you were able to get. Yeah. <laughs> despite your power. Like, yeah. Again, I appreciate like the the full action and whatnot. Yeah. I'm just thinking to myself, like, you're really gonna call this your full speed attack if yeah. like you didn't even make it like past the water 10 feet <laughs> from the fountain. Yeah. 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 You'd think you'd want to go like straight back instead of doing all of this, like extra side to side, you know, kind of yeah. like football yeah. warm up style, you know, you yeah. know, dodging it, or whatever. So I guess, yeah, I guess I feel you on that. It looks think, cool on the page, but yeah. it's just like practically you're like, wait a minute. I think it's not necessarily like his top full speed per se, so much as like the fastest he can go with this style of movement, which is like it's specified like as a tiger kind of mm -hmm. tight dash where sure. he is doing the tap tap tap. Like Knox said to like you can really specifically see these kind of droplets that he's dodging. Yeah. Trying mm -hmm. his best to really get away from it. Right. Um, which he would have. Yeah. If Maro didn't grab him, you know. Yeah, I'm trying to yeah. think of like why he wouldn't just like go straight back to dodge the water. I feel like it, it could have um had I mean a it must affect yeah. it must affect him pretty quickly. If yeah. he like doesn't even want to let a single drop hit him, like it right. must affect him pretty harshly. Yeah. You know? Like yeah. the dimin the diminishing returns are probably pretty pretty yeah. huge. I can see the um, you know, the the water pressure pushing Maruo forward to help him grab him and like that's all cool but now that axel kind of brought it up i feel like the scene could have still existed the exact same way with this full speed tiger soul dash if it wasn't like a side to side up and down multiple direction dodging kind of thing if he literally was just mm -hmm. like full speed tiger soul dash and went straight back but the water propulsion still pushed mario out far enough just for him to grab the tip of the boot or something i feel like it still could have been just as effective 
But yeah, now that Axel kind of pointed it out, it does seem like there are maybe extra movements. I'm trying to think as to why Catone would just because it looks cool. Maybe it it looks cool on the page. Yeah, maybe also because he's trying to stay close to Maruo. Like after dodging all of this water, he's trying to flex because that's a part of his character to show off. He's also trying to stay closer to Maruo so that he can just finish Maruo directly after dodging the water. Could possibly be what his thought process was without like internal monologue to confirm that though it seems kind of stretchy but i'm just trying to make it make more sense now that tiger or now that uh <laughs> now that axel just, has pointed again, out just the, calling the it of, full speed yeah 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 <laughs> but yeah no i feel you on that though that, but yeah <laughs> definitely uh definitely something to think about mm-hmm. yeah but yeah, uh yeah he like gets back his movement here in this double spread and i can i'm having a hard time telling which way exactly way he's jumping you know sure I don't know. Can yeah. you guys track it? Uh, is that, like I, in the double page spread? On two and three. On when two he's and doing three. the full speed tiger soul dash. Yeah, I can just see him initially. Given, yeah, go ahead, Axel. Given that we read from right to left, I was just kind of interpreting it as he was like dodging to the right first and then zigged over to the left and then yeah. further back. Sure. Yeah. But I don't know. Yeah. I can, I'm looking down deeper into like the depth of the image and I think his first movement is that one like in the at the very like center of the explosion yeah where you no can that's, barely that's see him. him jumping backward yeah yep yep so that's mm. him jumping backward then i think he lands in that On second right after image position. well i was thinking that he lands because like it's a similar um it's a similar quality of drawing his first leaping back drawing and then him kind of in the spider-man pose to the left and then him going into the right you know dodge where it's next to the full speed tiger soul dash text but then I don't know how he gets to the top left. So that's where it like loses me kind of in the flow of it. Like I felt yeah. like I could like read it pretty well with him jumping back, hitting the Spider-Man pose, then going next to the text and then coming back towards us in the focal or in the in the most foreground, the bigger drawing of him. But then I look in the top left and I'm like, I have no idea how he's doing this backflip <laughs> in the top left based on the movement. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, so wait a minute, strange. there's an extra drawing here. <laughs> Yeah, that's my point is like it's a little hard to track like yeah 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 for sure anyway yeah we don't gotta dwell on i mean like either way we don't really need Mm. to track it because it's basically just telling us this dude is moving like lightning fast and he's just all over the place that's like what the the drawing is trying to communicate but i still feel like we should be able to if you're going to draw multiple after images we should be able to follow that movement a little bit better but what error Mm-hmm. But yeah he grabs it, him and he slams him into the ground and the water splashes on him and he's like ah oh, shit I'm cooked and then he's like I'm not even trying to beat I'm you bro cooked. like I just mm-hmm. wanted you to know that I'm not going to lose to you which was like really cool because it's like yeah I could kill you right now like I've killed everybody else I've gone into a ritual duel with but like at the end of the day we are trying to be homies so like yeah. take this L and let's keep it moving let's get this money and I just loved that it's where he showed off the mentality change mm-hmm. that he had too mm-hmm. so like the the fact that he said my our goal is to never lose again even if they don't win which is big because when you think of you know most action shonen series where they're fighting each other the the shonen protagonists are trying to win pretty much every time right like yeah. like he said in a previous chapter like oh like i've already had the one loss that a manga protagonist is supposed to have yeah like it's it's not a common mentality in a shonen series to be like oh okay like the important thing is that we just didn't lose like more right. often than not it's win or lose and then the protagonist just 
win, 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 wins. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I thought that it was a huge character progression moment for him because he's growing. Like yeah. he's growing past that that thought process of oh, I just have to win every time. So yeah. I I thought that was great for his character and made me like him more. Yeah. <laughs> finally. Yeah, so. that's a good point. I n- I never really thought about it um like that when I read this chapter, but that is like a pretty big mentality shift that isn't directly kind of like focused on as a mentality shift. It's just something that you're just supposed to kind of notice. So it's cool when it's not like spelled out that way and then we get into a situation like this where we're all throwing our takes out and giving our interpretations and you find those like between the lines kind of things. So good spot. Very good spot. I like the little dream sequence that we get after Maruo loses consciousness. Um, that was great. I, I, like, I interpreted it as, as like his younger self seeing more and more over time that he really is fulfilling his goals, right? Like he's becoming more and more like the 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 manga protagonist that you know that he looks up to with with just about every bout you know what i mean like he's clearing hurdles his young self is bandaged up from punching things that he shouldn't be punching but the him of today can punch through solid brick walls you know so he's like oh shit like we're really doing this thing like look at look check it out younger me i'm i'm doing the thing you know what i mean and i was just like such a wholesome kind of like heartwarming like moment in that little dream sequence just for him to wake up and have the derpiest expression on his face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, man, that's how I wake up too, though. <laughs> if I'm coming out of a, especially like a great dream, I feel like I'm like, is this reality? Are we back to reality? Just look like you're not mm-hmm. even a person. Fuck yeah, man. And then this like moment here where like, you know, the fucking biker gang like becomes cool and like it, it, it really was just like made me think of Tokyo Revengers. Partly because this like second in command dude reminds me so much of Draken aesthetically. Plus it's a biker yes. gang. Plus it's like you we were initially meant to like not fuck with these people entirely until storytelling, you know, brought us to a point where it's like, okay, we're all cool now and it feels good, it makes sense. These guys have every reason to go from the really hard-boiled, get the fuck out of here, you're nothing to us, we just want Urara because she's, like, attached to Kyo, and then we're gonna keep it pushing, you guys get the hell out of here, we have no reason to like you or care about you, then we go into the ritual duel where we're putting our lives on the line against each other, we come out of that essentially in the same kind of vein as, like, battle buddies that go to war, I wanna say, it's like we fought next to each other, we fought against each other, we've done the thing together, and now we understand a little bit more about each other and we can move forward as, you know, constituents at least in in regards to whatever these goals are that they're now kind of sharing. So I like the progression of it on this chapter or in this chapter. Yeah. I um I love the fucking double spread on fourteen fifteen. Yeah, dude. That gassed me up there as of tonight, all two thousand riders of the Todoroki Alliance are on your side. Yes. That panel like the depth in it you can see all the headlights going super deep back into the panel like the flag Koton's bandana and I thought it was hilarious that Ten is riding on Waku's bike yeah (laughs) and like Waku's hot like he's like (laughs) like, why is he on my shit and he was even talking shit to him like yeah you you say you like riding on a motorcycle after you fucking trash my shit bitch yeah Um, and I also really like that they kind of use these riding sessions as um, business their team meetings, meetings as well. Their team meetings, yeah, like to discuss 
you know, sensitive information. They're like, yeah, they can't hear what we're talking about when we got these motherfucking bikes roaring, bro. Right. And it, <laughs> we and can't it, hear what we're saying yeah. either, but the bad guys, they can't yeah. hear us. Yeah, so they really the can't hear thing. us. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, that's cool. Screaming. It makes me think like it, but them. That line of dialogue made me think about all of the different ways that Ayashimon can use their powers to spy on people. You know, I mean, we got like the tattoo to tattoo communication concept from Urara and Maruo's link, and then outside of that, it's like these Yojutsu and Ayashimon powers are so like vague still and so broad that it's like maybe one of them can just spawn a ear on a wall or something like that, or you know, do all th some other kind of crazy shit that would make it really hard to pick out someone who is spying on you. Just nip it in the bud, turn the fucking, like, rev the motors all the way up to where, like, no matter where a, a spy is or what kind of technique they're using to listen in on us, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. Because we're in motion, we're drowning out any noise, like, yeah. we're fucking chilling. We're not in a stationary fucking room or anything where you can right. plant a bug on the wall. Mm-hmm. Like it's over. And all the all the while Arara is just pouting because she was told to keep her mouth shut so she doesn't bite her tongue and she's like mm. Yeah. <laughs> you stick it so literally, like, yo, can that actually happen? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which speaking of her, you know, again, the, the the character progression for her too and continuing to show care yeah. for Maro, considering the fact that she in the very beginning viewed him as potentially just a discardable tool. Like, yeah. a lot of growth. Yeah. And there was a line of dialogue in the last chapter, too. I wasn't here for the last review, but there was, like, a line of dialogue. Maybe it wasn't the last chapter, but it was, like, maybe two chapters ago when they're, like, yo, why are you doing this, like, so much for this, like, little, you know, Maruo guy who's, like, nothing, basically, you know, in our world. And she's, like, he's the only one that gets me. And all of the reasoning that she gave for that was just, like, really strong for me in that chapter, whenever that was. Pretty sure it was mm -hmm. uh pretty sure it was last chapter, but anyway. Yeah, fire. And I love this last scene with um with Dopo. I, I, I feel like I feel like Kakuyuji is so creative in this scene. He knows how to use his power system in a way that's like cool and interesting, but also like really drives home that like Yakuza mafia like organized like crime lord like feel like in the dopo scene it's like i'm watching you know casino or goodfellas but everyone has superpowers and i think that that's like exactly what you know kakuyuji is going for in an organized crime concept manga like ayashimon and i feel like he's just firing on all cylinders there it's like it's like joe pesci villain inside of dopo i see that and i'm just like fuck yeah, yeah. that's how i'm supposed to feel <laughs> yeah yeah the the fact yeah. that like he just cuts their jugulars yeah in, like just like the matter of like a second and then yeah. immediately freezes the blood splatter and is just like yeah. hey you either yeah. stay calm and you'll listen to me yeah. or you're going to bleed out it's yeah. just like oh my god <laughs> yeah. like, what? It's like so cool and creative and scary and like threatening and, all at like, the same time shit. yeah yeah. Like the the fact that he could have just killed yeah. them in that instant, and instead is just like, yeah, I'm giving you a chance uh, to live. Yeah, but uh, if you don't say what I uh, yeah. need you to tell me, you're yeah. gonna die in a matter of seconds. He wants to turn up the, the 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 intensity. He wants to turn up the aggression while still being in a relatively like calm space. 
but just letting you know like you are on a timer now you know what i mean like we are going this this conversation is going to go the way that i say and you can look down at the time bomb on your neck and and feel that that cut there and know that at any moment you i could cause you to bleed out you know what i mean or you could cause yourself to bleed out he puts the keys in your hands for your eventual demise which is just always a very scary thing a la saw series you know what i mean saw trilogy or however many saws there were i couldn't i stopped keeping track after the first couple but you know what i mean you know what i mean like when you give someone yeah oh damn okay there's uh eight if my memory serves yeah anyway (laughs) it's eight or nine depending on like if you include the chris rock one that that, oh what there's uh, a chris rock saw yeah it came out like last year or the year before that yeah that's called spiral hilariously relevant right now (laughs) (laughs) but yeah it's just like a cool situation when the person who's interrogating you or torturing you or you know trying to 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 get you to kind of succumb to their will puts a fucking timer on you in the form of i cut your throat but I froze it, so like the blood isn't flowing, but it definitely could if you if you fuck around. So get too riled up. Yeah, you know, like it's just like you know so Chill gangster. Out. Yeah, it's it's so answer mafia. my questions. Yeah, it's so mafia. It's so you know, uh, Martin Scorsese. <laughs> it's but. all the more impressive too, just considering the fact that he was the the seemingly you know loser kind of background character in the gang i did point out too at the time in this chapter when we saw this picture for the first time i was like that that looks like that's probably dopo in the back i mean it's easy thing yeah easy thing to spot but yeah i definitely peeped that yeah as well oh yeah i think yeah i think i do remember you calling back here (laughs) yeah and i like the line of dialogue that he has where you know buddy's like dopo what are you doing, man? I've been with Enma longer than you. And he's like, yeah, 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 that's all good or whatever. But, like, merit should outrank, you know, seniority when it comes to this, mm-hmm. like, crazy kind of, like, power shift, tone shift inside of our syndicate, inside of our inside of our underworld. It's like, we can't, you know, just base everything that we're doing off of tradition anymore. Like, the status quo has literally been flipped on its head. And you need somebody strong to come in and hold the situation together from deteriorating any more than it is. And, like, I'm that guy. Yeah, you got me on seniority, but, like, are you going to make the moves necessary to, like, keep things in check and keep us in, like, whatever kind of situation we want to be in? Things are falling apart at the seams all over the place. And you need a guy like me to keep shit together is basically what he's saying. And that's really cool because it makes sense for Dopo to say that, given his position. But it also is going to let us know, especially with this later line of dialogue that he's like... The old guard doesn't really fuck with you, G. You know what I mean? Like, if, you, if you're going to fuck with the traditions of the Yakuza just because Kyo died and you want to sit in that chair, it's like you got to deal with the other 10,000 members of the syndicate that aren't going to be really cool with that. So that's going to, like, create obvious infighting inside of the antagonist side of things, completely separate from the protagonist. So we got, like, really mm-hmm. compelling storytelling later on that doesn't have to rely on Maruo and the Urara gang. But then also that's going to create more depth inside of Dopo's character because if we do get like a shift to focus on Dopo and how he deals with the underworld 
now that this shift is happening and people don't like his methods, then that will give greater depth to Dopo, more pathos for him potentially, so that when he is eventually taken out, he can feel like a fully well-rounded final boss villain or act one villain or whatever it is he's going to end up being. The more depth, the better, and a situation like this creates that. It's a good catalyst for it, at least. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, Excited! Uh, yeah. It's very interesting. I mean, mm-hmm. like, especially, like, it just, again, given what happened else in this week, it, it's very reminiscent of Orochi in One Piece mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. Like, it, Dopo is the guy that Orochi wanted to be. Like, the, the cool, like, hard killer kind of guy who rose up the ranks and took control. Yeah. Um, also, I mean, also more visually reminds you kind of like of kisaki from like tokyo revengers yeah um so it's i'm i'm very excited to see this these like, these flashbacks yeah. to see like where how we got from point a to point b to point c yeah um so it's always cool mm-hmm. to see like how that like um how that out with the old in with the new kind of concept is handled on you know a protagonist side of things and an antagonist side of things because in the antagonist side of things it's always taken by force you're uprooting old traditions to you know dominantly take control of it yourself because you have the capabilities to do so on the protagonist side of things it's always handled in like a coming of age kind of thing inherited will passing down the you know passing the torch from whoever had it before you know, willingly to whoever is going to take it next. But then on the villain side of things, it's just like, nah, this is my shit. Give me that shit. I'm taking it in any kind of shysty way that I can. So it creates like a really cool, like parallel growth kind of situation from protagonist to antagonist when it's handled that way. And Kaku Yuji will write the shit out of that. You know what I mean? Like he can go dark, he can go deep, he can go poetic, he can go philosophical. So I'm really excited for the future of Ayashimon if it sticks around, obviously. I think it's. I think it's. I think it's good. Yeah, I, I, I like storytelling wise. I think we it's cannot fine. say seventeen yeah. chapters in whether it'll stick around because jump is vicious. Yeah, and they don't care who the fuck you are. Yeah, it's all Kaku numbers. Yuji, Masashi Kiki Kishimoto. Mm-hmm. It don't matter who you are. They'll axe your shit if it ain't up to snuff. But mm-hmm. up, I think. I think. I think Yuji Kaku's got it in, in the in the bag. I feel really good about it too. Like from like storytelling wise, it's like there's not very many complaints that I have about Ayashimon, at least, and definitely not it so much to where I think like, oh, I think the shit is gonna get axed. I don't think it's doing everything it needs to do to stay here. You know, but at I the end of the day, any, uh, like I remember Samurai Eight at least getting a lot of gripe on Twitter about you know sure. just a lot of different things, and I don't re- I don't recall seeing anything like that for Ayashimon. I think it's got some pretty good support behind it thus far. I mean, in the, in the, and I was I was like I, I see that Axel's like crawling over there because. It's like he looks at those numbers and whatnot and like Twitter and whatnot. You know is, is, me. Yeah, this Twitter, is my thing. Yeah, and like Twitter so, and shit is a representation of like the Western reception of something which has very little to do yeah. with whether or not a series which, gets and that's, over in Japan, that's so. the thing. It's yeah. it's very reminiscent right now of Red Hood mm. or Phantom Seer in that yes, it's got a lot of positive reception in the West but in Japan, it's, you know, potentially another story. Like, yes, we've seen a bunch of fan art and whatnot. Like, we, they, we've seen engagement, but that hasn't necessarily reflected in the magazine itself. Mm-hmm. Um, it's its whole batch of three series of It, Shugamaru, and Dorandoran have been the, the bottom three gang for mm. 
a month and a half now, if not longer. Yeah, and you know, bottom threes, you know, it's it's not an a be all end all. Pretty much any series in the magazine outside of uh, One Piece, MHA, and JJK um, has made an appearance in the bottom three you know, at a given point in time in like Mm -hmm. the last year or two. Mm -hmm. But when you're consistently down there like that, that's not a good thing. Right. Um, the, the weird thing is like both Ayashiman and Duran Duran got a color page outside of their guaranteed color pages for a new series. Mm. And that's something that hasn't been a thing for several new series Prior to this point, yeah, Red so Hood think... never got a second color page. Mm. Um, P6 didn't get one until its sales surprised everybody. And then all of it, like, P6 is on a freaking three color page, just like chain over the span of eight chapters. Nice. Whereas, nice. again, the, the Ayashiman group have just stayed in the bottom three in that time there has been no kind of movement no other kind of so it's, um, uh... engagement um and like it had decent sales for a new series it didn't necessarily have decent sales numbers considering this was a guy that came off of a, a i'm going to say mildly successful because it, we can say Hell's Paradise was mildly rather than yeah, highly wildly. successful since most people didn't know about it until it was ending. Right. And it's got an anime coming out soon. Yeah. Which is going to be contentious. Um, yeah. And yet, despite all that, like the numbers were, you know, as low as they were. Yeah. Um, so Duran Duran and Shigamaru get their, you know, volumes in a couple days here. Yeah. We'll see how that translates. But I got my fingers Honestly crossed for speaking, Ayashimon, bro. Yeah, I, I, got... I do too. Yeah, I'm on a realistic side of things because literally any new series is already starting with its hands on the cliff edge, given mm-hmm. how full the magazine is right now. Even if Ayashimon gets saved in this round and they only X like two series, it's it's going to be on that cliffside for yeah. another round. If not two, so I think that storytelling like is yeah. Yes, I was just gonna say I think storytelling wise, I feel like if 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 Kaku Yuji starts introducing like more power system exposition like really soon and like incorporates that into Maruo, we have the like, the Maruo like plot point. However many chapters ago, where Urara was was analyzing him and said he's probably a Maribito. Whenever that plot point kind of starts to get its payoff, I feel like we'll start seeing maybe like a, a little bit more of a successful leap in regard to like perception mm-hmm. of, of Ayashimon. Cause I feel like that's what people are really just like waiting on for at this point is to see yeah. exactly what Maruo is and see, and, and just have a better idea of exactly how the power system works because like yeah. vague, you know, enigmatic, <clears throat> like yojutsu and shit like that, that like kind of just do things, you know, like without like a really deep explanation for it. It's all cool for the mystery in the beginning of a story, but eventually you're going to have to expound on that. And that's what's going to have people deciding whether or not this is a series that they can see running longer or shorter, because that is right. like a major part of at least this area of like shonen storytelling. So I feel like yes. if Kaku Yuji kind of jumps into that bag relatively soon, then we might not have as much to worry about for Ayashimo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, and I, would, I think I'd be inclined to agree there because the relatability of Maro's character can only 
carry on for so long before it does become a little tiring where it's right. like okay yeah i've had i've had enough of the like you know i want to be a manga guy like where is this actually going as far as humans where yeah. do humans fit in in this power system like you were talking about like right. what is my role mm-hmm. where is he going with this yeah is he gonna get these um i can't remember what name they put on that human um maribito maribito yeah maribito yeah is he going down that line or what's really happening here so yeah yeah because yeah. i mean mario's mm-hmm. got all the charm and all the charisma that like you know at least i like to see inside of a main character but it's he's just lacking like the and, and i don't even want to say he's lacking depth as a character because these last like four or five chapters have been giving him a lot more to like about him you know what i mean in regards to how he views things his interpretations of certain situations and his he's responses growth, to certain yeah. situations exactly he's had a decent mm-hmm. amount of growth already in 17 chapters but it, it is it is a very physical series at the end of the day you know all of these cool mm-hmm. gangster concepts are being handled beautifully the art is is bussing at all times as usual and and urara even as the duder is being built up great right alongside of maruo and even 10 is now starting to feel really good as a character you know what i mean so everything yeah. is kind of in place but now on the power side of things we just have to get that ironed out and a little bit less opaque and then we'll we'll feel a lot better about ayashimon at that point i want to say it'll feel like it's just mm-hmm. coming together the last piece of the puzzle has been added type shit so yeah yeah but I think that's all I that's had for my, Ashimon this week. That's and that's my magazine info contribution for the episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah there we yeah, go. Yeah, thanks, bro. <laughs> I think Good that's shit. about all I had for Ashimon as well. Hell yeah! All right. Well, with that, I think we can go ahead and get right into chapter sixty-four of Sakamoto Days Path. Yeah. And, uh, I should ask since uh, it was kind of just me and Mello on the introductory segment to the show for this series, so I should ask, um, how do you guys feel about it? Go first, Axel. It's all you, baby. Me? Yeah. Sakamoto days? What? Hate it. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> that would be a really weird stance after the award show, but no. Um, <laughs> oh, no, uh, <laughs> no uh, Sakamoto days is my uh, third favorite series in the magazine right now. That's cool. um, straight up. Oh, yeah. Uh, one Piece at number one, JJK at number two, Sakamoto Days at number three. Cast Undead Unluck for me. Um, oh, damn, that's Undead, right. Undead Unluck was at number three for me at one point, I believe. Sakamoto Days has firmly taken that spot. It's just... It, the consistency for Sakamoto Days is insane, honestly. Yeah. It, it has not disappointed me yet. Oh, it's... It's I love it. I love Sakamoto Days. Fuck yeah, I love Sakamoto Days too. I'm I'm glad it's on the show. I'm glad that everybody voted it in. Um, I mean, considering what you had nominated against it. <laughs> well, yeah, saying. yeah, yeah. It it definitely it definitely was pretty obvious that Sakamoto Days was going to replace Doctor Stone. But I'm glad that we're here. Regardless, I love the fucking art in Doctor St- or in uh, <coughs> in Sakamoto Days. I think is the the first thing that I kind of want to comment on it. But um, mm-hmm. like, especially like when it's colored, I don't know. Like, it evokes a feeling of um, of nostalgia in me, even though it's like a brand new series. I don't I don't know how to explain it exactly. I, like certain it's characters, like yeah. It, like I, I don't I don't know. It's just got like that scratchy, sketchy kind of like vibe to it. But that's not all that it you know that's not all that it is that like kind of like makes me feel nostalgic when i look at it like certain characters like shin and lu and nagumo having you know 
Ranma one half esque designs probably has a lot to do with that. But whenever I look at, at at Sakamoto days, I feel like it comes from a time much earlier than it did, and not because the quality is low, but it just has that earlier manga vibe to it to me. But, yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's like a new gen. Well, honestly speaking, it's a new gen uh, Gintama. Honestly, mm, sure. That, that's Ooh. that's the vibe that I get from it, but I like that. Um, it it did take the crown of color page king from Mission Yozakura family, I think, because the the sheer amount of color pages that Sakamoto Days has gotten since it started in the magazine is crazy. Yeah, like we're talking a series that like celebrated its one year anniversary back in November. I mean, to be fair, Jump has celebrated a lot of one-year anniversaries with uh blue boxes coming up this next month here so i mean Ooh. there's a lot of new blood in the the magazine and sakamoto days is you know one of the ones that it's not necessarily leading the charge because that's definitely blue box surprisingly yeah. i jesus christ um but <laughs> it's, 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 it's one of the ones that it's consistently rising with each volume that it sells nice. and i love it i love it oh yeah man one thing that I, one thing that i love about like sakamoto days is 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 how quickly it um it kind of like pulled me into its world into the into the into the world of the story right like the, the combination mm -hmm. of like the writing and the art work together perfectly to make me feel like I understand the gravity, you know, of what's happening inside of this world of assassins, right? Like the facial expressions mm -hmm. and the personalities of the characters, especially the bigger characters like Slur and Gaku and like members of the order and shit, they all do a great job of, of communicating what it means to be a part of this world. And at that level, you know what I mean? And, mm -hmm. and how much this kind of lifestyle can, can weigh on a person you know, in ways that are, like, immediately noticeable. Like, I look at these people and I'm like, you have been through hell and back. You are so numb and so jaded that, like, nothing seems to matter to you anymore, at least on, like, an external level. You, everyone is so stoic, regardless of what's mm -hmm. happening, because it's just another Tuesday. Oh, lost a limb? Don't need that anymore. Kick it True. at the opponent type shit. Like, all of that kind of stuff is just so raw and cool to me, but it also feels like it's going towards you know what the creator of the of the series is trying to convey as far as what it means to be an assassin in this world at that level it's like your emotions are out of here gone like you can't have those yep. at this level so it's it's well represented in that way mm -hmm. and in my opinion it has the best choreography in jump right now i love that too you know what i Plain mean and simple yeah it's it's hard to say that when you have a series like jujutsu kaisen you know going on 200 chapters with sakamoto days you know, chilling here, like, right around, you know, the 60, 70 chapter mark. But, like, the proof is in the pudding, fam. You know what I mean? I don't know if I'm ready to to agree just yet. But, like, man, another reread, one more arc of, of Sakamoto days, and I might I might be there with you, bro. If if nothing else, and again, it, it's the consistency that's got it for me. Mm -hmm. Like, it's, it's a consistent thing of just well-done fight choreography, week after week after week after week and i'm not saying that like there aren't other series that reach potentially higher peaks in a given chapter right but like it, it, sakamoto days just has it consistently yeah um and even in this week's chapter it had one like sp like specifically towards the beginning of the chapter 
that like you could feel the weight yeah. of the things going on. So yeah, the artist has a very dynamic yeah. approach to their action. Um, it mm -hmm. definitely feels like movie quality. Like I'm looking at like moving like movie storyboards almost. You know what I mean? It's got it's got a great mm. um, great grasp of like depth and dynamic positioning and poses yes. and perspectives and a, and the page turn factor is what really gets it for Sakamoto days I want to say like yes. the, the it's the page turn into crazy in your face panel breaking over the gutter movement that is just so mm -hmm. well represented in screen tones and shading and you know stipples and cross hatching it all just comes together to to really convey movement and impact in a way that I feel like is very different than anything else that's ongoing right now. It's really hard to, to put my finger on exactly what it is about Sakamoto days that makes it stand out on the choreography side of things. So it's just a lot easier for me to say it's a combination of everything that the art is doing in tandem simultaneously that, that makes it stand out. So mm -hmm. yeah, love Sakamoto days. So glad. I wonder it's here. how much uh, how much harder it was to do like over the panel, over the gutter movement like that back before you could just kind of have this computer generated image where you would just kind of over. Yeah, where everything's lay on it layers. Over a preset, yeah, layer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can <clears> literally you just move characters wherever you drawing need them. that like set all the panels. Yeah. Perfect mm -hmm. positioning because if it, if anything's positioned wrong, then where you're gonna draw this guy is just off that slight. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, the, the digital era coming in and making this job easier for the artists is is major, and and it also probably just adds like so many layers of malleability to the the finished work that you can literally just grab things on its own layer, move it wherever you need it to, delete things underneath certain things that you you know if you don't need you know, a certain brush stroke or a certain, you know, drawing anywhere. You could just quickly highlight it and delete it instead of erasing or starting over entirely. It probably yeah. just does some just wonders for the efficiency and speed of how well, quickly shit, these yeah. series come out in the quality that they do, yeah. With all the shading and everything in the background, it ain't, ain't no erase and try again. It's yeah. you're scrapping the whole fucking page. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. But no, I yeah no, it wasn't. That was just a little little thought that I had when you were kind of going on that tangent. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, that's I don't know. That's how I feel about Sakamoto generally. Um, I don't know if you had anything else on the general side of things before we get into the actual current chapter talk, Axel. Hmm, I wouldn't necessarily say so. Mm -hmm. Um, other than just saying that it's, you can tell that it is, like being successful yeah. you can tell on several fronts given its magazine you know like reception given the sales that it has um and at least for us in the west here the first volume gets released this month so i'm nice. excited to finally own a physical copy of sakamoto days so oh, yeah dude yeah. very exciting very happy fuck yeah Awesome. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, we can we can jump into the chapter. I think the current chapter of this week, as I said before, chapter 64, Path. Yes. These and color actually, these color pages, yo. I was going to say we do actually start. And the cover. The, the yeah. magazine cover, too. Um, uh, just Oh, yeah, they got the magazine Sakamoto cover. Sakamoto does week. not miss. Yeah. Yes. That's why I had, un unlike high school family, 
<laughs> like just like Roboco had to give up the cover to My Hero Academia. Damn. Uh, Sakamoto got the cover and the lead color pages, and because of the content of both, we get to you know continue the trend of like particular Sakamoto color pages where when it's you know current Sakamoto with like convenience store attire and like his other you know friends and associates it's colorful it's playful and then when it's him in the order colors are a lot more muted nice um just with a more serious tone and it's it's great seeing that duality between like the colorful uh and playful cover compared to the just stone cold badass yeah order color pages that we got for this chapter and they're just like oh well we uh we revealed the face of another one a couple chapters ago in he goes that's a great spot because that yeah if you look at like you know color spreads like the one where it's like chunky sakamoto shin and lou on the back of that like motorcycle you know or whatever moped whatever then they're driving through the city very bright vibrant yellows and greens and blues and reds you know, really mm-hmm. creating that warm, nostalgic feeling that I was kind of talking about a little bit earlier. And then it almost kind of like Dragon Ball covers is kind of like, you know, a, a similar vibe that I get when I think about the one that I'm referencing right now where they're all on the motorcycle outside. Mm-hmm. But then this one, this spread with the order, you know what I mean? And 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 skinny, you know, GQ Sakamoto. Yeah, it's like, very, <laughs> it's, a, <laughs> it's a lot darker. It's a lot, you know, more less inviting i guess i should say mm-hmm. than the others that's a good spot i never noticed that well when you've been reading sakamoto days weekly like i have from that's the right. get-go that's right you'll pick up on those things a lot easier yeah because i fucking burn through this shit like <clears throat> in like you know half a day you know like day before mm-hmm. the award show and shit so i definitely didn't have time to like sit and think about you know certain works of art inside of the series for a whole week you know what i mean i just kind of like got it and then kept it moving you know so yeah 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 but i love this chapter man i think the situation is like so cool with this exam um i i i love this girl with the um like school girl like ish outfit and like the the long like double ponytail situation her weapon is so fucking crazy this like shotgun axe i was trying to think Mm -hmm. of like what it reminded me of and uh I eventually came to Power Rangers, dude. Black Black Power Ranger and like Mighty Morphin had the fucking battle axe that turned into the gun. And when it turned into the yeah, gun, it had the fucking axe head like in the bayonet position on the gun and like really kind of like, you know, has this exact aesthetic almost. And I was like, damn, mm-hmm. there's more of that nostalgic feel that that Sakamoto right? kind of gives me, man. Like fucking Black Ranger Mastodon axe gun in this bitch. I was like, fuck yeah. <laughs> It's so interesting seeing these, like, specialized personality characters interacting with each other in this team setting. Like, it's... Obviously, like, we already know that they're a bunch of oddballs from the plane fight, but, like, seeing them work together or working against each other um, to get each other's tails is just so interesting. Like, the, yeah. the, the dynamic of Seba fighting the axe girl Toromaru, like just like the idiosyncrasies like between the characters like Seba is just like I don't want to go through the water I don't want to get wet again and then he's just like you're weird you're a weirdo for having yeah. an obsession with a a doll and yeah. you're just 
weird and you I, you don't have a real life and then she's just like i'm going himiko toga on you now <laughs> yeah 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 i think the situation with the with the tails that they have to grab like the capture the flag kind of like uh flag football mm -hmm. style situation that we have here just like makes the situation more intense because you know that you don't have to kill anyone in order to win but you know that these people aren't going to care about that so every time a mm -hmm. life is taken in the pursuit of trying to win this game you have that in the back of your head like but you didn't need to do that <laughs> you know what i mean so yeah. it just like makes yeah. it a little bit like darker i guess for me or a little bit deeper in that way it's like damn these people mm -hmm. really want to kill you <laughs> Even when they don't have to, <laughs> type shit. Like as as Toromaru literally swings in with her axe, the like mm -hmm. again the the weight of that impact, like mm -hmm. the the positioning of everybody in that double page spread is just it's such a great entrance for her into this chapter. Yes. Um, and it, it also makes you legitimately wonder with like the comment that she made towards Shin. She was just like, "Wow, you dodged that. You must be clairvoyant." And it's just like. Yeah, it's like, did you really figure that I, out, or are you just, like, so full yeah. of yourself that you think that you can't be dodged unless someone has clairvoyant superpowers? Yeah. <laughs> and, Ooh. like, so we haven't seen anything done by Kaji yet, who is the other recommended guy that is on uh, Shin's team. Um, obviously, you know, saving the others a little bit for later, just so they're yeah. not stacking everything right away, but again just it's so hilarious seeing these weirdos facing <laughs> off against each other and it's just like yeah look who's calling the the, the kettle black here right like, just... <laughs> do you remember this uh glasses dude with the scarred face do you remember his name i don't think it matters uh but... no I, yeah. I i know that they're the yellow team yellow at team. least okay. that, and then yeah. i i did not care enough to like remember their names like yeah. i I went to the chapter with their names, yeah. but I was just like, he's not going to make it <laughs> yeah, anyway. Exactly. I'm not going to bother. The reason why I brought but, him up is because his design was just like so, like his design, just him as a character existing in this exam phase, just like does so much for that like nostalgic trigger that I've been bringing up mm -hmm. during this segment because he, it, it, he looks like a background character in a Togashi exam arc. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. Genkai... You know the, the 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 training arc or the 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 calling yeah. game almost kind of like situation in the Genkai um, arc of of Yu Yu Hakusho when they're trying to fight each other to find out who's going to be trained by Genkai. I feel like I could see mm -hmm. that guy in the background if I looked hard oh, enough. Oh, absolutely. Or, or you know, or in the hunter exam, just like a random hunter exam. You know. Uh, Entrant, you know what I mean? Sitting really... in the back, just analyzing people pushing his glasses yeah. up, like, mm, mm, mm. yeah. We all came here knowing that we could die. Yeah, he looks and now like you shall for right. my pursuit of power. <laughs> yeah, he looks like a Togashi character straight up, and it just like adds to that nostalgic vibe. Like I feel like I'm reading the Hunter exam or something. <laughs> I I gotta give his team props because like Sakamoto himself said, ah, oh, damn, like this net is like just really buried in like deep so, like yeah. it, it's impressive to me again like all of these guys are professionals and like the fact that they were able to lay down like this trap that is this strong in the time that they've been given so far against sakamoto himself who apparently has a weapons grade apron that's just able to you know 
take a bunch of explosives and whatnot i guess yeah, <laughs> yeah i shouldn't be surprised at this point right um but like the the fact that it is delaying him as much as it is like these yeah. guys are professionals yeah they're gonna they be fodder as yeah. we're seeing later on in this chapter right but like but even as fodder the competent levels you know are really high for fodder and i love that kind of dynamic they they survived a plane crash right they lived like that in and of itself it's just like well we fell out of a plane and we lived all right i respect you it does a lot for your world when you have these characters that you know are just background fodder characters and you you give them moments of shine where they are wildly mm-hmm. competent in just enough ways. Obviously, we can't see any of them being a real match for Sakamoto if they threw the gloves off and really had like a, you know, a real bout, you know what I mean? But in this kind of situation where it's showing, you know, what it really takes to be an assassin in this world, they're checking off all of the boxes. Sure, when it comes to a one-on-one against Sakamoto, they have no chance. But in all the other areas of assassination that they're specifically, um, you know, analyzing in this exam, everyone is wildly competent. You know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. like, that does a lot for your world when you give, you know, background fodder characters that much relevance before they're taken out of the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah, uh-huh. and this one lady, this new girl, the one that's like you know skittish, timid, brand new assassin that has like latent assassin abilities that even they're not aware of. I love this Akira. character, Akira. yeah, oh, Akira, God. yeah, Akira. So that's the thing that she, it's clear that she is aware of it, sure. Because like this is like based on her behavior and whatnot, this is something that she has done yeah. before. Like the only reason why she even let the the switch flip is because like I, I don't want my friends to die. I, I right. can't let them die. I got I got it. I'm the only one that can do something. Yeah. Um. But she also so, says that whenever the chip, whenever it's time to to do something, if she looks in the eyes of her opponent, she can't move. Even if even if her friends aren't like involved, I it's think, like a a stage fright kind of thing. I think she's like, like the descendant of a high level like movement ability because like on. Like last chapter, we got the hint at the fact that the butterflies obviously meant something to her. Yeah. In this chapter, right. we get the page 15 panel of her kind of flashing back to a mentor or somebody, mm-hmm. you know, important to her. And then the bottom left panel, the last panel of page 15, before she activates, is a butterfly. Yeah. Very and then she does subtle. the movement, and then she does the movement technique. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I it's don't like, know that it's, it's necessarily... kind of unpredictable movement. I don't know. I'm just kind of tailing this off the fact that she activated mm-hmm. when the dude was about to swat the butterfly or touch its wings. Yeah. So I'm thinking the the butterflies mean something to her and could mean something to this movement technique that she's clearly like learned. And I think it has been hinted at that she does knowingly do the technique. I don't know. Sure. I think it's more eye-based, though, is my thing. Because especially since, like, she then mentions that, like, she sees the path. Um, Like, I I think it is something that is eye-based. The fact that, like, she can see where she needs to go, where she needs to hit on the body. Um, 
in the at the very least the way that it can tie into butterflies in that regard is the fact that a butterfly does have compound eyes mm. um so whether or not that is you know the connection that is kind of made for that yeah who knows um but i i think it's more eye based but i yeah. could be wrong obviously we're going to see very soon here um what that entails because it yeah. it dropped they dropped it one hell of a bomb yeah uh in terms of uh who she learned from and who she is right another another member of the order that sakamoto goes like way back with and the reason why that i kind of um positioned you know my initial analysis of this of the secure character the way that i did is because her externally being very timid and very you know shy when it comes to this assassin stuff like she clearly like stands out as a as an examee in this situation because she clearly like has the least experience actually killing people and the least experience you know in these kind of situations i want to say and maybe the way that I, I guess the way that i interpreted it is that maybe she did learn all of these assassination techniques but under a different kind of like guys i want to say like maybe mm -hmm. maybe her teacher taught her these you know assassin techniques but was having her apply them in things that weren't actually you know relevant to assassination and now that she's in these situations where those you know that training you know makes sense to come out of her it feels almost unconscious that she's able to apply it in these situations the way that she did it almost feels like she kind of blacks out when she attacks this glasses dude the way that she kind of did you know what I mean? Like almost like it was like a my body moved before I could tell it to kind of situation. But mm -hmm. that contradicts the way that she's been kind of carrying herself since her character's introduction. So it makes me think that, yes, she was trained as an assassin, but wasn't told this is assassination training. You're doing other mon more mundane things the way an assassin would. And now you're in this situation for one reason or another where you are going to this, you know, training camp to become an assassin all completely separate maybe in her mind from like her initial training with this order you know agent or whatever um mm -hmm. akako or akao there we go akao yeah like i i think it's um, i think it's something deep you know and layered like that you know to where it's like yeah here's how you move mm -hmm. here's how you snatch things here's how you you know behave as an assassin but you know, we're fucking like gardening or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that if 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 for I, some, I don't want to just push you into the assassin. Uh, I don't want to push you into the assassin world. But I'm giving you the keys in case you find yourself in a pinch. You can unconsciously activate these things and go. Oh, I know what to do actually because of Akko. So now, were you guys? Because obviously we were seeing like shadowy glimpses of who her master teacher could have been. Yeah. Were you guys also in the? Oh, she was trained by Nagamo, like boat. Oh, like, was that like your mindset, or were you thinking like it was somebody else? If anybody, I didn't know who to think of. I definitely didn't think about Nagamo at all. I maybe read the, the chapter a little bit too quick to really notice those. Um, you know those flashbacks. And that was panels. like a couple chapters like back and whatnot. Oh, like, oh. It, like even like before we got the reveal of a cow at the end, like it like the hairstyle still similar enough to Nagamo's, where it's just like okay, he's always smiling, he's always being weird. Yeah. Like who's to say that like just because of you know 
his habits like oh he's always like ripping up shirts or whatnot so like she had to be the one to sew stuff together Ooh. things like that so, oh yeah i forgot sewing was, was also thinking. a thing yeah 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 i definitely did not think of nagumo at all i didn't i i kind of just like took it as like whoever they're building up to be the person that this lady knows is just going to be a new character mm -hmm. i just kind of like i didn't think that it could be someone that we already knew at all but that's cool that yeah. there was like little breadcrumbs like that almost red herrings as to who yep. her her mentor could be i just wish i would have noticed well, it <laughs> at, at this point though yeah. um just knowing what we know about the characters ages because sakamoto's only like 26 or 27 he's not actually that old I'm thinking that Akao is Akira's older sister. Mm. Um, just because she's like she's too old, obviously, to be her daughter. Right. Um, especially if like the three of them, like Akao, Sakamoto, and Nagumo, were all around the same age when they went into the school together. Yeah. So I'm yeah. I'm thinking that they're sisters just because. Uh, just based on age, it would not make sense for it to be a parent-daughter right, relationship. Right, yeah. And they do look rather similar to each other. Like, they have the same color, like, eyes, it seems like. They have a very similar, um, you know, messiness to their hair. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So I could definitely see that connection. It could also be a situation where, since the difference in their age leans more to, like, the peer or sister side of things, it could be... Um, it could literally be a situation like my family was murdered and this chick this chick was just there and like took me in like kind of situation they're not blood related or biologically related in any way even though they look very similar to each other it could also even though i subscribe more to the idea that they are related just want to throw blood that related. out there yeah, yeah. blood related yeah it could also be a situation where maybe she styled herself after a cow after being taken in or something like that as like a a role model like you know idol kind of situation Mm -hmm. yeah that could definitely be some i yeah. i mean i guess but at the same time like would sakamoto make that connection of oh what's your family name if it wasn't the fact of oh you look similar and oh. you have a similar technique yeah i guess no i guess you're totally right i guess i like completely was not considering that line of dialogue at all so yeah like, i mean like most people aren't gonna be like Oh, you must be the adoptive daughter of whatever family kind of thing. Like I, yeah. just again, he went to freaking school with a cow. Like yeah, yeah. Unless so. we get information that in this line of business, if you are orphaned or something like that, and get taken under the wing of you know a well-known or or a relatively notorious assassin, you just take the family name of that character. Could yeah. be a situation where we get information like that. I could kind of see that happening, but I think it just. Makes I guess. Them, I just, guess it just, just makes the most too sense. Similar. Yeah, they look too similar. Yeah. And again, it makes the most sense that they're just biologically related in some way. So yeah, I, mm -hmm. yeah, I subscribe. Could be a Yozakura family type situation, you know, where you marry into it. But yeah. Oh sure. I, I think the similarity in in aesthetic between the two carrier characters. Definitely sisters indicates something. Yeah, yeah, sisters yeah. is good. Sisters is good. I like that. Cousins, I want to know. Cousins, I feel like, would be a way to kind of, um, you know, because it's just so obvious, like, now almost that I'm looking at it. It's like, man, they're definitely related in either a mother-daughter or sister kind of way. Could and be cool if they were like mother-daughter just doesn't make sense. Mother-daughter doesn't make sense. Sister does, but it would be cool to kind of be like, ha, you thought you knew, but they're actually like cousins or something. Cousins. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Could be something like that. Um, but anyway. 
I, I do want to know what her tattoo means. Yeah. Like what the significance of that was. Because I was just like, okay. I mean, it kind of looks like Orion, but it's a little too simplified. I mean, like you could argue that it's a simplified butterfly, but I'm guessing. Oh, that's a butterfly for sure. It. It's a very simple one, though, because we're talking like dots and lines. Yeah. So, like. But it's I mean, possible. shape-wise, it's all there. Like whether it's minimalist or elaborate, like that looks like a butterfly and butterflies. It could, it could, it could be in relation to the whole path idea too. Ooh, yeah, Honestly. yeah. It could all be working together, like to represent a bigger thing. It doesn't have to be one or the other. It could totally just mm -hmm. be the path situation and the butterfly situation all in one design. I like that a lot. I think. I was looking mm. at it too, and I was like, "Is that a constellation that I'm just like not, you know, familiar it, it with?" It looks like Orion yeah, to me, yeah. but I, I, who knows? Yeah, no, I like the I like the butterfly idea a lot better. I think I'm sticking with that until it's confirmed or denied. Mm -hmm. Yeah, fuck yeah! Wildly interesting Sakamoto Days chapter, though. Yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's probably about all I had for it. Yeah, I think I'm good too. Actually, I guess uh, the one thing I'm 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 curious to see how, if at all, Sakamoto is able to save the guy from the yellow team, since like he is on the brink of death if nothing is done oh, for yeah. him. Oh yeah, I'm the curious to see. Carotid, yeah. <laughs> yes, I'm very curious to see if either she has a technique to get them out of it, if he has it, or. Completely out of left field, Killer Baby is just like I got this guy's, and yeah. like he's just like the most amazing medic out of nowhere. It's like give Killer Baby, <laughs> kill baby. yeah, kill Baby, kill Baby. Medic. And aren't there um, a couple other characters that are kind of just like looming around the situation too? You never know. There, how. there are two other guys from the yellow team that are not incapacitated, and given what they just saw, they might just surrender their yeah belts just I can because see, they don't want to die i can see that and i can also see like one of those two members being a really high tier medic as well because this dude seems very um you know calculated and brooding and forward thinking so i could see him i don't remember how the teams were chosen i don't know if it was random or if you chose them random draw random draw okay okay i was gonna say um if it wasn't a random draw then I could see this guy specifically choosing a really cold-blooded medic to have on his team in case the situation really did go haywire. But yeah. if it's if it's random, then I guess we kind of just have to let Jesus take the wheel <laughs> and see who's got the the medical prowess to get him out of the situation. I have no more guesses. He might just be like, yeah, he might just bleed out and die. That would be fucking crazy. But I feel like Sakamoto Days is really trying to drive home the point of yes random deaths can occur but if someone takes a really big hit and we're choosing to focus on how big that hit was they'll probably survive if if sakamoto is involved yeah if sakamoto is involved, now has the that mentality of i'm not going to let anyone die mm -hmm. whereas if it's somebody that's order related or slurs team or whatever yeah then death is a completely acceptable thing mm -hmm. but like Considering Sakamoto was involved, yeah, he's not gonna let this guy die without a fight. If he can help it, he's gonna hold you down. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. he definitely did hop right into action. He's like, hey, wait a oh, minute. Gosh. Yeah, well, yeah tittle, tittle. Whoa, hey, yo, we we don't do that here. Mm -hmm. <laughs>
Yeah, that's yeah. that's my last thought. Excited for the next chapter. Hell yeah. Yes. Well, with that, I think we can go ahead and jump right into chapter 123 of Mission Yozakura Family. Spy Association President Kai Izumo. Fire. This yes. is uh, my first time speaking on Mission Yozakura Family on this podcast, too. Nice. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. This, this is my first time on since you added it. Yeah, um, how do you feel about so. the chapter? Take the wheel. You, you take point, bro. Uh, I I loved a lot of the parallels in this yeah. chapter. Um, it's it's <laughs> it's funny to me how uh, brother and sister are so consistent with having this uh, soft spot for a orphan from a car accident yeah. <laughs> yeah considering that is the exact same thing that has happened <clears throat> although uh tayo and izumo have scars on opposite eyes oh yeah. shit um, which is Somebody... pretty interesting uh little detail there we definitely talked about on the show last week um or i don't know last time i know mellow you and i talked about in knox where they're almost exact opposites of each other in every single way like aesthetically and otherwise like mm. except mm -hmm. for their backstory which is obviously very similar but like yeah like the total white aesthetic with izumo total oh. black aesthetic with tayo yeah. scars on opposing sides backstory hella similar yes. somebody definitely did point out in the live reaction chat from my um live reaction on twitch that like <clears throat> I literally just lost my fucking train of thought. That, um, <laughs> that, that Mutsumi and Kyoichiro are literally like the same. Like, Tayo is to Mutsumi what Izumo is to Kyoichiro. And that's basically what you were just getting at, um, yep. Axel. Which, oh, yeah, and, and I, will, I will say this now. Like, honestly speaking, just based on the dynamic that they had in that chapter... It would not be surprising to me if it was more than just a friendship between those two. I was thinking if, that if too. If there was more of a romantic dynamic, like between them, Yo. and like, and obviously, you know, depending on the series, there are like other people that can argue like for or against pairings and shippings like that. But like, just. Just given the facial expressions that they had, the softness that there was in certain moments that they had together, like you could tell that they like genuinely care about each other. Fuck yeah. And whether there is more to that, obviously we'll have to wait and see um if it even is, you know, developed or not. Um, because we have seen various relationships and like different uh shapes and whatnot of relationship dynamics with other people so you know maybe Gondara is like you know what yeah these guys are just that unspoken pair that actually is more than what they are i like that dude because um, it's like i turned this page onto page six and i was like oh what is I was like, what is this scene going on here? I've I, I definitely had like those like thoughts, but I guess I just chalked it up to just like, you know, manga. You know what I mean? Like it, Japanese it was... storytelling like creates these kind of situations pretty yeah. often, and it doesn't necessarily mean anything when it happens. But like, I like the situation you guys are bringing up right yeah. now. I think that that's such a it's... cool layer to all this. It was when they were at the shooting range that literally it, that it that was that moment. It was just like, 
yeah there there is a lot more to this um yeah. and by all means again i could be reaching but like it's just the, the facial expressions and whatnot that they had in those moments the words that yeah. they shared with each other like regardless of whether there are actual romantic thoughts between them there is a deep level of like care and respect that they have yeah. for each other i don't Even think it feels if, too reachy you know, though yeah i, I was just gonna say i don't think it feels japan. too reachy yeah it is japan but at the same time i feel like if you swap you know the the sex of of kai izumo then it would yeah. just be like undeniable like there would be no like eh maybe it would just yes. be like no nah, hell no nah, yes. you know what i mean so so I, I like I like the situation when you look when looking at it through this new lens because it makes a lot of sense and I think that'd be really fucking cool for a story like Mishimiozakura Family to create a parallel to this extent inside of Kyoichiro and Kai versus Tayo and Mutsumi. I think that's that's just mm -hmm. so brilliant. I mean, I think yeah, it's it's a pretty easy sell when you like look at some of the artwork, especially during during Izumo's like dialogue about Kyoichiro. Like on page eleven, he this like this like ethereal like angelic art where he's like talking like yes for the first time someone really saw me. Yeah, you know what I'm saying with like, this <laughs> glow, with this glow coming with through the window, glow, sunlight bussing. Why don't you come over into my world? Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like I feel like oh I'm, I feel like I'm on this train too, man. Yeah, Let's it. go. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, I will say and it. it there are still the funny aspects of their dynamic too. Like the the little the, the tiny chibi moment where like Kyoichiro just like pushes the paper onto Izumo and be like, You'd be the president. It's just like what? <laughs> yeah, on page what? fucking on like page four. Page yeah, yeah. four, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's yes. just like, you know, I could be the president if I wanted to, yeah. but I don't. So I'm gonna make you do it. And it's yes. just like <laughs> Uh-huh. I love I love the depth that we're getting, you know, for Kyoichiro's character. Pretty much this entire arc that we've kind of been in, there's at least one instance of flashback material that shows, you know, a little bit more of who Kyoichiro is on the inside, a little bit more humanization for such a, you know, sinister and wild, almost wacky kind of like character especially when you consider, like, just the dynamic of the entire family. Kyoichiro was, like, kind of an outsider inside of, like, mm -hmm. you know, exactly how he kind of had been handling self himself for, like, the first, like, half of the series, at least. And now that we're getting this really intense Kyoichiro-centric storytelling that's humanizing him and giving us more to like about him, it's, it's still Kyoichiro underneath all of mm -hmm. the depth, you know what I mean? Like, yes, we're learning more yep. about him, we're caring more about him, but then you've had these chibi moments where he does things that are more in line with the character that we originally introduced ourselves to that really drives home the situation, you know what I mean? Because it's mm -hmm. like, oh, no, it's not Kyoichiro was this character completely different from what you thought he was. He's still the exact same character, and now you're just learning more about him. It's not like a dr as drastic of a pivot you know what I mean? As uh, as, it, you're, as you're it probably seeing, could have been, yeah. You're you're seeing more facets of the character as yeah. The this, this is gonna be a just a cheesy metaphor, but Do as it. the as the the gem just kind of rotates on display, like yeah. you've you've been seeing like these few facets like from the get go, 
And as we're finally focusing on him more, we're realizing, oh, there's more facets to, the, to this than we first thought. Right. Um, which, I mean, that's true for, like, any one of the characters. Um, and Which, that's, I will that admit, is, is why I love, I, I love the slice of life chapters mm -hmm. that we get. I know there are a lot of people that, like, they love the action and whatnot. They love the fighting. Um, but, like, it's it's a lot of the slice of life chapters that really give you the death yeah. to like these characters. And like, I, yeah. one of my favorite slice of life chapters is the one where he accidentally, um, you know, reverses his age so it turns into and baby mind and yeah. to when he was like before their mother's death. Mm -hmm. And like, he is like realizing as he's there and like, just having like this moment where it's just like, mom is dead. Isn't she mm -hmm. like, like she's gone. Like th this is why everyone is, you know, behaving like they are. It's just like right. th there, there have always been these aspects to Kyoichiro's character. We're just finally getting to see them, and it's just one of those things where it's just like you know that that awful moment is coming, and that's kind of what we lead off into towards the end of the chapter too. Yeah, where it's just like as Futaba is calling Tayo, and she's like, "I need you to stay calm." And I need you to hurry because we have, we found Kyoichiro and we have him surrounded. Yeah. And it's so beautiful how well blended the action and slice of life kind of situation is in, in, mm -hmm. in a story like, like Mission Yozakura Family. We've commented on this multiple times throughout our coverage of the story so far. But I feel like the big thing about it is that even when it is high octane and it is very action centric in a chapter or a string of mm -hmm. chapters, there is always that slice of life aspect looming in the background just subtle enough to where it can carry you know that action back into a slice of life um kind of atmosphere in the next chapter and it doesn't feel jarring of a switch inside of that you know transition you know what i mean it's like mm -hmm. that slice of life aspect is always there you know just like the action aspect is always looming when there's a slice of life situation the world is mm -hmm. built so well and we understand like kind of like how all of the bells and whistles operate to the point where whenever it's action centric, it can switch back to, you know, slice of life in a very seamless way and vice versa, you know, because there's always, you know, some kind of cute chibi moment, even in like with the darkest chapters of, of Mission Yozakura family. So it doesn't create mm -hmm. that like whiplash effect of, you know, genre shock, you know what I mean? Mm hmm yeah um i did i guess want to talk a little just a little bit more about izumo too yeah obviously this is such a, a chapter that focuses on him it's very interesting that like as a result of his accident in particular it really hyper activated his brain and made his you know cognitive abilities you know so advanced that he needs to be able to suppress them, you know, at a younger age. Yeah. Um, compared to Tayo, who just got depression. Uh, but you know, yeah. Different strokes for different folks and yeah. different <laughs> car crashes. But um <laughs> That kind of dynamic like, is always gonna speak to me because it just reminds me of like X-Men. You know what I mean? Like when your X gene uh -huh. activates, and especially for a character like Gene Gray, who had, you know, a very like similar kind of like sensory information overload kind of awakening uh -huh. inside of her powers and how you know xavier comes in with moira mctaggart and 
and you know yep. shows her how what her abilities are how they work and how she can get a hold of them to where she's not constantly hearing the cries and prayers and 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 deaths of so many people with her with her psionic telepathic ability and shit so that just mm -hmm. like whenever i feel that vibe in manga it always like brings me into the scene that much more yep it 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 the accident gave him a yozakura level ability without actually being part of the family yeah. um so it's, it's interesting it's that you know kyoichiro recognized that talent and it was just like i'm bringing you into this world mm -hmm. in in stark contrast to tayo who is just like i don't want you involved yeah. with my sister and my family like that like right. i i'm putting my foot down yeah kind of thing yeah that so. was fire for kyoichiro to be like hey the potential you have with this ability you'll have a way better life over here on the international super spy side of things than if we were to try to fix you as best as we can with modern technology and reintegrate you into a normal you know or or quote unquote normal kind of like life in regular society so it's like that mm -hmm. kind of forward thinking and compassion from kyoichiro is great to see because it feels new um at least to this degree of potency inside of his character it feels new but it also feels like it makes sense for the character of kyoichiro because all of this deepening humanizing character building up that we've been getting slowly but surely over the course of the last couple of arcs mm -hmm. um which and then leads into one of the comments that i found interesting was when izumo said like i felt like i've known you for such a long time um, which it just begs the question of like, what what do those details mean? Like, does he actually have a, a connection to Tayo, like in some way? Probably not. It's it's probably one of those things where you know, Kyoichiro has actually said a lot of things about Tayo, more than what he's already shared in this chapter, but like shared with him all this time up to this yeah. point. Like, like just, my again, sister's dating this bitch ass dude. She brought him back, married him, man. I was trying to kill him. Couldn't get it off. It's just short. Yeah. This punk ass was the only guy that passed the freaking license exam, and I tried <laughs> so hard to push him off. Yeah, for real. He was interrupting tea time. <laughs> They're trying to send him at every turn, and he's just avoiding me. Yeah. <laughs> I think the situation oh. at the end of the chapter is really cool because, like, this was, like, built up in the previous chapter, not this one, where all of the siblings are kind of in their own way preparing for the Kyoichiro hunt and resolving themselves based on, you know, convictions that were established when they were young and, and growing together. It's like, yo, we got to hold each other down in this way. In all of these ways, we were better than you when we were coming up and then you eventually became the big bro you know prodigious talent that kind of is the the bleeding heart almost of the yozakura family and now we have to use all of those skills individually to track you down and that was kind of built up you know in the background over the course of the last couple of chapters so then when we get to this situation here at the end of you know 123 it's like okay that's the payoff for previously but it had nothing to do with this chapter at all until the very end but you can tie it back to you know 122 and it just feels like really good that the focus was on kai and tayo for this entire chapter until it's like hey we found kyoichiro and it makes sense because we built this up you know in chapter 122 so like that was just fire yeah. how it kind of like converged mm. in that way mm -hmm. Love i agree it. yeah yeah
Great chapter. I don't think I had anything else for Mission Yozakura family this week, though. I feel like next chapter is going to be insane, though. Yeah, next chapter it's... is going to pop the fuck off. For sure. Yeah. It's a, it was a pretty streamlined... Like, all things considered, it was a pretty streamlined chapter compared to the next series that we're talking about. Yeah, so... yeah, for sure, for sure. Mm. <laughs> yeah, well... Um, think, but yeah, just because it was streamlined, I like it was still great. And yeah, again, yeah. just seeing the... The, the parallels of Tayo and Mutsumi to Kyoichiro and Izumo. Yeah. Great, great job. Great work. Hitsuji Gondaira yeah. in the Duffy. Very deep. Deep in it. Yeah. Well, that, yeah, that does it for uh, Mission Yuzakura family this week. All right. Well, with that, I think we can go ahead and get right into chapter 179 of Jujutsu Kassen. Yeah. Sendai Colony Part 6. He said, yeah. <laughs> this one was massive bro god this 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 chapter was so ridiculously technical it wasn't even yeah my god yeah i do want to say, say though oh yeah no go ahead axel oh i just wanted to share uh since i love wearing fun shirts and whatnot on this podcast i'm wearing yeah. my jujutsu one of my jujutsu kaisen shirts today oh i didn't even one of my that. megumi ones Oh, what does it say? Uh, what does the text says, say? I'll save people whether or not it's fair, and then on the back. Yeah, let's see that. Oh my god, if I can just uh, yeah, you let's got take this. off the headset. Quick. Yeah, 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 yeah. Got ooh, Megami on the back with all the shadows. Yes, dude. Ooh. Fire, oh. fire. Very good, very good. Where'd you get that? Uh, Where'd you get that? I got it from the Uniqlo collection mm. when that was a thing. Um, they had like the manga run and they had the anime run, mm -hmm. uh, and I had to buy fast because sizes went out fast. Sure, sure. <laughs> and they had hey. limits on what you could buy. So, yeah. uh, wish they had done the same thing for the One Piece collection, but they didn't. So that's <laughs> oh, a shame damn. on that. But well, at least you got the Megumi. That goes and, very like, hard. Limit Five other on, shirts. They didn't limit numbers on how many items you could buy for the One Piece, but they did for Jujutsu no. Kaisen. No, so for the Jujutsu Kaisen one, they were like, oh, man, we gotta limit it. And then they were like, Burp? like, for, like, anything else. And it's just kind of like, yes, just couldn't keep it the same online, yeah. but Weird, it is man. what it is. I digress. Like, no, they won't, they won't scab fucking merchandise they, and... Doesn't matter if it sells, it sells. That's all that matters. But yeah, I digress. I yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, technical as hell chapter. Dear yeah, God. this chapter is crazy. This chapter is crazy. Uh, I mean, we might as well like address like the domain situation here because it was definitely built up in a way that um, you know for some re for some people reading this chapter felt like kind of anticlimactic. I definitely um, probably would find myself agreeing with the idea that it is anticlimactic, but not in as negative of a sense as it usually is for me when I say that something is anticlimactic because the explanation that we got for it was good. It made sense um, as far as why the domain failed. But like at the end of the day, that, it's like that we, part. Yes. Yeah. At the end like, of the, the, there yeah, were, yeah. At the end of the day, we so all wanted to see the domain. Yeah. 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 But, right. But like, there were so many layers to the explanation beforehand in the middle and after where it was just like, yeah. Huh? Yeah. And, and it's, like, it, it feels good as far as, like, why the domain broke and, like, why all of the factors involved. But, like, I, I, I want to say that I don't um, 
Okay, even though we all wanted the domain and it was set up in such a way to where you used a whole cliffhanger for a week to make us expect this certain thing and then to not give us that thing can leave like a pretty sour taste in anyone's mouth. But I think that it's a really cool decision that was made on behalf of Gege to introduce the idea of a triple domain and then have the subsequent chapter focusing on the concept in ways that because of the chaotic nature of the situation and because of all of the factors involved, it just didn't work out. I think it's, I think it makes the world feel that much more real when you have r highly interesting situations that you build up just for them to fail or not work. You know what I mean? I definitely don't think that Gege would create a situation like a triple domain duel just for him to never give it to us truly. So I think that this is just like a, hey, this concept exists. This is something that you could possibly look forward to in the future. But in this example of it, we're going to show you all of the ways that it, in re reasons why it wouldn't work and why it doesn't work for this specific situation, which works for subversion, but also I feel like it's really fucked up to do after a cliffhanger like that on the previous chapter. So even though I'm not mad at it, um, I definitely was kind of like, oh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like... But, but, but at the end of the day, there's so many cool things that are happening in Jujutsu Kaisen right now to where it doesn't really matter to me that we didn't get the triple domain duel, even though that's what we all obviously wanted. I, I think that, I think that if, you, if you hinge the entire situation on that thing and then don't do it, and that's the only thing that the scene and the situation has going for it, and then you say, never mind, that is obviously way worse than going, hey, we have like 15 cool things that are happening right now, and we just didn't give you the fucking coolest idea outright. We're, 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 we're putting the idea in your mind, we'll maybe be back to it later, but in the meantime, you have so much tight shit that's happening that will still keep your attention, so... I, I like that Jujutsu Kaisen is able to do that in the first place. I mean, it was especially, like, not upsetting, but, like, mm -hmm. jarring for me because I did really want to see how this functioned, only yeah. because my, my understanding of how the domain thing functioned was that when you have clashing domains, it's not an overlapping thing. The stronger one just prevails. Because... I feel like that's how it's been explicitly explained in these narration boxes in the past. Yeah. And we've seen it in action, like when, when Jogo does the, the, the Iron Coffin Mountain, whatever, yeah. Yeah. against Gojo and Yuji, and Gojo's just like, Bruh! and his shit literally just like, wow, and I know, I know this is like early Jogo versus like Gojo and it's obviously yeah. a huge disparity in power there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it could be a different functionality with more even levels of power like right. I think we talked about last week. Mm -hmm. um, but it just jars my understanding of the system too much like because like I said the Gojo situation his shit literally just overwhelmed Jogo's. Right. And it and it says the can't miss attacks cancel each other out. Yep. Infinite Void the can't miss attack is like the the, the influx of information yeah yeah which hit jogo right so it's not like there was a cancellation like it just this is so sure. weird and i feel <laughs> like i feel like gege was just like yeah now that i'm thinking about it like this is a lot to try and write around the concepts that i've already like set in stone 
So oh, like, so you think in between last chapter and this chapter, Gege went, this is too much right now, let's break the and domain. And then decided to no. just write a new manual on this I is how things no, work out when domains are canceled out. Yeah. I mean, when you put it like that, it's not, doesn't seem as possible, but yeah. maybe like, I don't know. You never it know just, how much. It feels like something like yeah. that was planned out that like, it was always kind of built to fail just because of. It, how would it it gets explained too? Yeah, um, yeah. I, I think honestly, where the disappointment comes more from anything else is the fact that the likelihood of all three of these people actually surviving in order to actually get their domain off again in the future successfully is probably really low, especially yeah. given how the fighting in this chapter plays out and the explanation of the curse techniques plays out. So that's the thing: is that like, yeah. We, we got this tease, and now we're probably not going to see how it, it, it actually works for this person or that person. Yeah, I think I think it's definitely planned. I definitely and you and 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 I just want to say like I you never know like how influential editorial will be in week to week decision making mm -hmm. when you're creating your manga. You know what I mean? We we just don't have insight into that area of the process. As you know, like manga is just a lot more enigmatic in regards to its like you know, background practices and all of the things that, you know, the bells and whistles that actually make it work. It's nothing like over on the West where we get interviews from editors all the time and constantly get like documentaries showing the inside of the, you know, the creation process, like from start to finish, you know what I mean? Like we get like so much more of that, all of the creators and all of the people involved in the comic book creation are all on Twitter constantly like showing you who they are as people all the time. And mm -hmm. it's just like a way less opaque view into the industry on the Western side of things than it is on the Eastern side of things. But at the end of the day, editorial exists and it has a job and the decisions that they make and, and how we see that as the consumer with the finished product is very enigmatic and very mysterious to us. You know what I mean? But mm -hmm. that said, I think that this situation was still planned by Gege. I think that it was, even though I can't really wrap my mind 100% around the reasoning for the decision-making, I think it's cool that at the very least Gege wanted to display, you know, this concept inside of this wild situation of triple domains clashing with each other and wanted us to get information on how that kind of situation does work but for this specific example he chose to show all the mechanics involved as to why it didn't work instead of why it mm -hmm. didn't work you know what i mean i definitely still think he has an idea and knows what a triple domain situation will look like when it's actually working and when it actually is is happening and it's not interrupted i just think that at first he showed this side of the situation instead of the successful side which is cool It'll um, probably me. like a. It'll probably be a situation where it's more synergistic rather than like yeah. opposing forces, because right. that's that's even something that is mentioned with why it broke down when it did was because the conditions outside and inside the forming yeah. barriers just was not stable enough, and it yeah. broke through. Yeah, um, yeah, it's on uh, page seven here. The clash of three domain domains is more complex than for two. As they erected their barriers, the internal and external conditions differed, and there was an ex un an unexpected intruder yep. causing the barriers to break. Right. So it's mm -hmm. just cool that, like, it still does wonders for the world building. Like, it, 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 it does just as much for the world building and understanding of the world at large as a successful domain would, I want to say. But it's just not as hype. No. But it still, you know, does wonders for the depth. Yeah. You know it is... I mean? 
it is also like again speaking at least as the domains were forming it's interesting that because they were doing what they were doing they were just completely omitting the ability like the ability of their sure hit kill technique from the domain which i guess it begs the question then like of the three of them how many were the types that did have sure hit kill techniques right and or how many you... of them were like um uh teguma who higuruma yeah yeah higuruma who had yeah 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 and you know and these are these are older sources oh sorry go ahead i was just gonna say i would argue yuta's probably the only one with the sure hit technique so he would be at a disadvantage in that situation only because he is a newer sorcerer right and that goes hand in hand with the point i think nox was about to get at with what tengen was saying about how the older sorcerers domains were more focused around the enforcement of their internal and external rules as far as their ability goes. Right, yeah. And then over time, Cursed Energy kind of evolved and got more potent in the way where these domains developed these sure-hit techniques, these one-hit-kill techniques that are very, very potent. Right, yeah. Yeah, so so I I was definitely, like, subscribed on the team, you know, that, that Yuta being a, a modern sorcerer versus two ancient sorcerers that if we really did get this actual domain situation it would be you know presented in a way to where it's like yuta is the only one that does have a short hit technique and how you know the abilities would kind of you know interact in that way but um, i i had so I many think it would be more interesting if it was actually the reverse though like yeah it could definitely be the reverse still i want to say right yeah yeah based on personalities it definitely seems like Uro and um, Ishigori are because they're the hot-headed types. They're more likely to have the sure hit kill. Whereas, I mean, obviously Yuta's a weirdo uh, in yeah. terms of his just abilities and personality and whatnot. So, like, it's not it's not that far of a stretch to say that he would have a weird donate a domain on top of that. Yeah. What if, like, because you can do some weird shit with the copy, like enforcement of those rules. What if, like, within his domain, he doesn't have a sure hit technique, but his copy gets amplified to the point where, like, his body just innately mimics every movement you, your body does. So you literally, he's just matching you step for step, like, Ooh. subconsciously almost. Sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, as soon as you do body something. copy. Yeah, it copies it. That'd be cool, too. I was thinking of a bunch of different ways how this could go. I mean, like, considering that, like, the domain gives you more than just a sure hit technique. Obviously, we know that. It gives you, like, an elemental buff you know, similar to, you know, the Indigo League and shit, like, when you have a fucking cloister and you, like, choose an ice, like, water map, you know what I mean? Like, it's a very similar, you know, it's a, it's a very similar kind of, like, concept is that where, like, your domain just gives you, you know, amplified stats in, in all of your, um, in all of your natural areas on top of having a sure hit technique on top of whatever, whatever, but considering that multiple domains, domains being active at the same time means that your, innate techniques or uh your short hit technique is is nullified negated i saw it as like huge you know pocket dimension space where the aesthetic was you know kind of decided based on who had the advantage at any given moment so if the if the domain completes and all three are active at the same time no one gets a sure hit technique but they all get their own individual buffs depending on who has the advantage in the fight so if fucking uro like crits you know 
uh, uh, Yuta, suddenly the domain aesthetic changes to Uro's, like, domain. Mm -hmm. And then if Ishigori, you know, lands a crazy hit on, on Uro, then all of a sudden the domain aesthetic kind of, like, switches to, to give him the buff and give him the advantage, you know what I mean? I thought that that would be cool visually to see uh, Gege draw it in that way, if that was the case. But, like, there were just so many ideas that so many people had for, like, what this exchange would look like inside of a triple domain barrier. And then to just not get it, it's just like, fuck. Because <laughs> the roach came and ruined it. Yeah, Kuro fucking... Rushi just can't yeah. stay dead. Fucking Tess came least, in and uh... fucked up the whole vibe. <laughs> or at least the the, the spirit at least because yeah. i found it i found it very interesting that like it it specified in the chapter itself that while the the, the player kuro Arushi was dead the the cursed spirit uh was able to just like like breed itself and like uh or i, I can't remember the exact word parthenogenesis uh, yeah there you go um so it's just the the roach coming to ruin the day. Yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's an interesting situation. It's an interesting situation, real quick, that you even brought up the parthenogenesis aspect of this because it's like I was trying to think about it, you know, in regards to other uh, special grade curses that we've kind of seen, you know, Hanami curse family, Dagon, um, Jogo. You know what I mean? Like this parthenogenesis like situation allowing Kurorushi to reproduce itself real quick. You know what I mean? Giving, mm -hmm. you know, the essence of the negativity created by the fear of cockroaches a new home to live in after the original Kurorushi was dispatched is a really interesting situation because it's like, okay, if Jogo was able to, like, asexually, like, separate itself or divide itself or reproduce itself. I have made a second volcano of Yeah, own. yeah, like, would Jogo's death allow the culmination of that negative energy to then go into that spawn of Jogo. Like if there was like a Jogo version of the Parthen Parthenogenesis available to him, would mm -hmm. we be able to see the transferring of Cursed Spirit Essence move from character to character in that way? Or is Kurorushi just unique in this way because he has a inherent reproductive kind of function that it creates, you know, the compounding of that fear of cockroaches and allows it, you know, to make more sense to go into another vessel immediately rather than waiting the hundred years to re-manifest like other curses mm -hmm. have to kind of like abide by. You know what I mean? I think mm -hmm. that that is a really cool thing to think about. But I I did think it was funny that uh again, since I read every series in Shonen Jump, uh in me and Roboco, she actually dressed up as Kuro Urushi. In this week's chapter, what she was just like, Jujutsu Kaisen cosplays are totally on the rise. And it's just like, you, you cosplayed as the road, yeah, the one as character the that would never be cosplayed, or at least the last character that would be cosplayed. Had you the axe say? and everything. I bet you hilarious. see some roaches once this comes out in the anime. You go to the con, you go and see some roaches. I don't know, oh I'm good God. on like Brack Show esque cosplays, IRL. Never done it for me. <laughs> Probably steer clear, spin the Brack show. Yeah, that's just like what I thought. Like as soon as Kuro Rushi's, yeah, as soon as Kuro Kuro Rushi's like character was introduced, like and he's just like standing in that like embankment underneath that bridge before he encounters Yuta. Like that drawing of him just like screamed Brack show to me, <laughs> Space Ghost. Yeah. But yeah, the uh, static on this panel, double spread. Eight nine yes. barriers breaking and all the characters just like drop in there, just collected. Like, okay, this is what it is, huh? The like, bug damn. is back. Yeah, 
Goddamn bug. Yeah, they're all just like, damn, I thought we were all going to have a triple domain battle, but now we got to get this fucking cockroach out of here again. And it's crazy because it's like, obviously, Gege is a, is a, is a creator inside of their action that like doesn't waste any time from panel to panel. Like any single moment can be taken advantage of inside of these fights. And we get that in great fashion here when Yuta's just like, okay, Kuro Rishi distracted Uro when she considered a particularly nasty opponent and Okotsu didn't miss his opportunity. Boom. He was a goddamn savage. Yeah, yeah. Roundhouse to the back. Yeah, drops ah. drops her down onto the ground and she's like, ah shit, you know, now I'm right in front of Kuro Rushi. And now I gotta like use my technique to make sure I don't get fucking hit by this thing because it's essentially a one hit KO. But she can't because it's, she's freshly out of a domain and she's already used the energy that it takes to conjure a domain. So she doesn't have access to her to her jujutsu technique at this time. But what's crazy is that Ishigori can. Yeah, apparently if you have a you just a Cursed energy cannon pompadour. You could just say screw the rules yeah. of cursed techniques post domain expansion and yeah. just fire shit off regardless. But it, but it like, creates an interesting really? situation too, though, because like Yuta is also kind of considered a fucking like infinite mana pool, crazy output, you know, potency kind of character, just like Ishigori is. And and it and it Gege makes a point to say. At the, on the last page, Okotsu's curse technique still hasn't replenished. So, like, what does that fucking mean? Like, that's so crazy that Uro and Yuta don't have access to their techniques immediately coming out of the domain, but Ishigori does. Like, that's just such an interesting. Well, he situation. didn't activate his technique. Who? Ishigori. Oh, okay. So, what is this uh, Granite Blast then? I don't know. It's apparently. No, so it, 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 it said that he was. It's in the narration box. Ishigori is the only sorcerer capable of, capable of releasing the same amount of power regardless if he's activated his curse technique. Oh, which sure. Which is to me oh, that yeah. he didn't activate it technically. Okay. Which is why he's just he literally just firing off his his power. So so this is just like a concentration of like raw jujutsu, kind of like similar to... Yeah, um, it's not like an actual constructed technique. He's just literally just firing it out of his pompadour. Yeah, Which reminds... is why even Yuta on that page, he's like, what the fuck? How yeah. did he just shoot that? Yeah, yeah. It reminds me How's of... It? Um, it reminds me of in uh, Jogo versus Gojo when he's explaining how domains work to Yuji and he's like, when you're in someone else's domain, you don't have access. The opponent... The victim of the domain does not have access to their innate jujutsu technique. So how do you deal with, you know, the enemy? You have to either expand your own domain or attack them inside of the domain using raw jujutsu since you don't have access to your to your actual technique. So he literally just like shot jujutsu out of his fucking hand and destroyed the short hit technique that was imposing from from Gojo in that scene. So maybe this is a situation to where his raw jujutsu attack just has a name, but he's effectively doing the same thing that Gojo did against Jogo in his demonstration for Yuji. Mm -hmm. That's cool to think about. I honestly had forgotten this line of dialogue on the spread that said Ishigori is the only sorcerer capable of releasing the same amount of power regardless if he's activated his curse technique. I had completely yeah. forgotten that line. I almost makes me wonder, yeah. It almost makes me wonder if, like, have we even seen his actual technique? We just assumed that this was his technique right, exactly. proper. Yeah. But if this is just him literally just being like, bop, like releasing some raw cursed energy real quick, mm -hmm. and he hasn't even activated his shit for real, yeah, could get real fucking crazy. Yeah, that is wild. And I love the page turn into 16 coming <clears throat> out of that, where Kurorishi also took a good deal of that blast that was aimed at Uro. 
You good? That oh. was Kuroru. See, he's like, oh, 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 I thought you were like. <laughs> I was like, oh no, are you ha actually having a heart attack on camera? No, no, no. But yeah, Which... so Kuroru, she took a great chunk of that blast, and then Yuta just comes in to casually just evaporate him, like right but afterwards. Was that what he did? Oh, okay. Like that—that's—that's that's what I'm questioning. I was just like, based on what we were seeing, was that him trying to finish him off again? Or was that him trying to, like, absorb him or something? Because it's very, to me at least, it's ambiguous. Okay. Because um, like we he... don't actually see, like, any follow-through on sure. that. We just sure. see that action, that, like, white, almost kind of looks like a spider web being shot at him. Yeah, yeah, looks yeah. to me that, that spider web kind of uh, effect looks to me like that raw blast output of cursed energy that he used to blow him up the first time it was explained mm. that the reason why he did like the mouth to mouth was just because that's the most like direct basically inline output you know you basically are blowing mm -hmm. their fucking brain up with cursed energy but he yeah i'm, I'm sure he can do it with his hand as well which is kind of oh, yeah. how i took this is as at least what was happening is he just kind of said Bah! Just blew his shit up with raw cursed energy output real quick. Yeah, the reverse mm. curse technique, like positive energy wave that killed yeah. him the first time, is, is probably kind of, th th that's kind of the way that I'm looking at it here. Because one, it's like Utah already knows how to dispatch this character because he just did it earlier mm -hmm. in the arc, and also it's like this is the second time we're dealing with them, so Utah's just like much much more effective and much quicker on the 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 destruction this time around. I definitely looked at it as just like. Yo, this bug is back. Fuck this bug. It's me versus Ishigori. Let's get him out of here real quick. Positive energy wave to the forehead. You're done. And I think that the casualness of it is really driven home by how zoomed out the the panel of him dispatching him is. You know what I mean? Like, it's not focused on. It's low detail. It's in the background to really drive home the point of, like, this is a fucking bug in my way. Boom, you're out of here. Mm. Casually go into you know, the Ishigori stance up, you know what I mean? Like, I just thought that that yeah. was just so hard and ruthless and raw. That's such it looks a fucking... like a movie scene. Yeah, yeah. Where, yeah. where two characters about to square up, one just like, pop, pops yeah. one and just like starts walking up to the other now one. Now like, where were we? Yeah. <laughs> now where were we type <laughs> shit? Now that the bug is out of here, we yeah. can get back yeah. to this money. Yeah. But, I, but as far as what you were saying though, Axel, as far as like another thing that he could have possibly been doing instead of shooting him in the forehead with positive energy you were you like maybe implying that he was trying to absorb him in a way that would allow him to have his technique or something maybe yes and oh, okay. the only reason why i say that is because as we were seeing in the fights leading up in like the chapters beforehand he used the cursed technique of the previous guy he defeated in this colony Through, like yeah. he's already used the ability of somebody else that he's defeated up to this point. Yeah. Who's to say that he would not do the same with Kuro Arushi? Yeah. Not because I mean, don't get me wrong, the roach is gross, but if the, yeah. the technique is effective. Right. Yeah, I like what you're saying. I just don't remember a condition like this in regard to Yuta's copying ability historically, right? Because like we saw mm -hmm. his copying ability in volume zero. And he didn't have to touch you. He didn't have to do any kind of extra, you know, energy channeling. He didn't have to absorb you or 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 anything like that. He kind of just like saw you do it and then did it later. You know what I mean? Mm. So that would be the only thing that would prevent me from subscribing to that idea. 
But I, yeah. I guess the only the only other additional thing is that like it is an actual cursed spirit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and depending on how similar along the line that is to Rika, at this point in time, maybe it's a different process. Who knows? But yeah. Um, whether or not the ro- the roach is actually down for the counts this time, I don't think so. Yeah. But I could be wrong. I don't know if Kuroroshi had time, you know, to activate another stint of Parthenogenesis in between his rebirth and his redeath. <laughs> you know, so I don't know. Uh, this might be the last time that we see Kuroroshi just because he didn't have another vessel for his, um, you know, the malicious negative Mm. you know energy to kind of like jump into so i think he's got to wait the hundred years now after this one (laughs) yeah i mean you know i personally would not be a fan of this roach popping up every now and then i mean it would it would it it would fit you know the cockroach you know vibe you know what i mean of course but i mean i think twice is enough i think i think twice gets the point across now yeah, Gege could so uh, could easily make the decision to just keep having this motherfucker come back and and fit more along the lines of how we you know deal with and understand you know cockroaches to make that feel that much more relatable. But I think he got the point across with the second introduction of of Kurorishi to the fight. So yeah, won't see me complaining mm-hmm. if he doesn't come back. But at the end of the day, I can definitely still see him continuing to come back the way cockroaches do. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. but yeah um super Man. excited for the continuation of this yuta versus uh ishigori if fight not the culmination yeah i think it's cool you know if uh ishigori really hasn't shown us his technique yet because then that will just be the last kind of piece of the puzzle to like bring the stakes and the and the tension of this situation you know up because it's like yuta was folding y'all 2v1 so, like, if you don't have any new fucking things to bring to the table past your domain, then this is going to be a very quick fight. But if you consider... And you can be disposed of. Yeah, if you consider it in the context of we haven't even actually seen Ishigori's technique for real, then that brings the uncertainty levels back up. And now mm-hmm. now the, the tension is back. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. I think that's all I had for Jujutsu Kaisen this week, man. What a fucking chapter, though. For real. Yeah, I mm-hmm. think that's about all I had as well. All right. Well, with that, I think we can go ahead and get right into chapter 349 of My Hero Academia Battle Flame. And we get a fire ass color cover with uh, with Miruko Twan and Bakugo. Yes. What a duo. Such a cool pairing. Yeah. Yes, I mean, the angry Horikoshi, ones. Horikoshi, <laughs> like, literally still just wild with these. <laughs> With this, with this Mirko artwork, like this these crotch crazy. shots. <laughs> I swear to God, what is this line, bro? Like, yo, <laughs> that's that's fabric. I'm that is no, totally. It's, that's, no, it's I'm. You I want to say. Yeah, but I wanna, I wanna just chalk that up to just like you see broken lines all the time in you know manga line work. You know what I mean? I don't want to assume this is actual form fitting around you know labias and shit like that i want to <laughs> i want to assume that this is like fabric you know because it comes to like a widow's peak almost point where the you could totally say that the fabric is just like overlapping in that way i don't fucking know but yeah it's wild no matter what you do <laughs> yeah he's like a big fan of miracle apparently. <laughs> Shit, me too he made a fan out of me instantly i'll take a couple more of those even anyway 
Oh, but yes, yes. I mean, yeah, moving into the chapter, yeah. <laughs> Deku's, um... He's flying. Does not have access to this first quirk. So we're, I, I feel like we should all pretty much have the consensus that this is the strongest quirk, obviously. It's the first quirk since, or it was the first quirk in the line of inheritance. You're talking about the one so that, had, that bro is talking about as like a trump card, last ditch effort kind of like move? Yes. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, Which, yeah. Um, it, on page, you know, basically kind of five through six or four through six, rather, you know, he's talking about how, um, you tried to use my technique, didn't you? And he's like, yeah, I thought I told you that was meant to be your last resort. You know, as one frog grew in strength, started our meta abilities. Um, as a result, mine evolved into a particularly unique, unique power. It's not something that can be wielded the usual way as I once did. So, yeah, what could that mean? This, right, but, right. And so it, it just begs the question, like, how was it going to be applied given the fact that like he was tempted to use it in order to get to where he needed to go faster? Because as it is, he's already using a combination of float, fajin, and his own air force to like move faster to in order to get to where he needed to be. So what was the first quirk? Teleportation. Or, sorry, the, first. the 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 well, the, the first inheritor, like, yeah. what was his ability that, like, he was going to use that either on top of or in substitution for what he was already using? Teleportation makes the most sense immediately, just when you frame it that way. Like, he was already going pretty fast, so what could he have been trying to use that would make him get there quicker? I hadn't really thought about it like that, um, but now that I'm thinking about it like that... Usually when you're um, kind of maxed out on your regular movement abilities, the next stage is teleportation. So uh, that's my guess for now, I guess. I'm going to think about it a little bit more, though, obviously. But I... just when you frame it that way, it makes me think it could possibly be teleportation. <coughs> Do we have any teleporters in My Hero Academia yet? Yes. Yeah. I, I mean, mean besides... not in the sense that you're thinking, yeah. but like, yes. Like, Kurogiri can warp you. That was... That was yeah. literally how the two sides came yeah. against each other for this final battle. So yeah. I mean, like I a, think it's as more like, like spatial a... magic users, as far yeah. as that goes. Like, you know, yeah. I was thinking more along the lines of like a night crawler. Have we seen a yeah. night crawler yet in my hero? Sure. I I almost think it's something energy related, mm. only because like if that was used in a way to enhance what he was already doing, yeah, like. Oh, Let's that's also oh, he guy... shoots a fucking crazy like energy beam out of his hand that propels him farther. That could be cool because I'm sitting here thinking like, man, what other superheroes that well, I'm familiar I'm, with could I'm he have a power like, for? But it could just be Goku. He could just give him a. When I'm saying energy, yeah. I'm thinking more along the lines of you know, like similar to like an adrenaline boost or something like that. Oh, so that, like a gear that was second. my kind of. Yeah. So, like, just given the fact that he's just like, this has evolved in a way that we did not expect. Yeah. Maybe that's it. But again, that's assuming that it's use being used in conjunction with what he's already doing, and the concerns of, hey, you can't be using foe 100% right now if you're just trying to get there. Yeah. Because you'll break your equipment or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um... 
Oh, so you weren't even okay. Yeah, you weren't even thinking of like an energy like blast wave. Like I like as soon as you no, said as soon as I, you said energy, I meant I, internal energy. Yeah, yeah, as soon as you said energy, I instantly thought of Kamehameha Wave. <laughs> like, like yeah, he doesn't really have a hand blast yet. That could be. You know, I, that falls I, in line he with... has variations of things that come out of his hands or wrists already, though. Yeah, so true. I mean, like, you right, you right. We got Air Force. We got Black Whip. We really need a Kamehameha wave. No. Well, and even Fajin, if you think about sure, it, like yeah, yeah. he can produce that. I mean, talking technicalities at that point, and he can also produce smoke on top of that. It's like yeah. he's producing all of these things already. Does he need to produce another yeah. thing yeah. from his body? A more localized personal ability rather than an external one could make mm -hmm. a lot of sense too. But that could also just be teleportation. Something that was touched on in the chat for the live reaction and mm -hmm. the, you know, that I talked about during that time as well is that the fact this dude looks a lot like Bakugo. Yeah. Mm -hmm. People have been saying that too. And I remember someone said that there was some crazy I mean, time what travel if the theory. evolution, what yeah. if the evolution of Quirks is like cyclical in a way where mm -hmm. people were, I, I don't know, I kind of played with the fact that like, what if, what if the quirk that this dude has, has evolved into a quirk really, really similar to Bakugo's? And people were like, nah, like, Bakugo's quirk is a combination of his parents' quirk. And so I'm trying to find a way, like, I guess, to, to compensate for that within the line of thought that I was having about it. And I was thinking, like, what if that quirk evolution is cyclical in a way where these quirks evolve to a point where they kind of do cycle back onto the original ones? I mean, do, I mean they get, do they get so overcomplicated that they have to simplify at a certain point? But, I mean, that's part of the issue with, like, Singularity. that's being presented in this chapter is the mm -hmm. fact that, like, quirks are evolving at a rapid pace, that it's progressed to such a dangerous point, and Dobby is a creation of that. Yeah. So, I mean, like, if anything, quirks are just getting more complex rather than simplifying, at least yeah. depending on the family line. Most definitely, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's the hardest thing to get around as far as that goes, but I don't know. Mm -hmm. yeah. This dude looks a lot like Bakugo. He does, me. though. Yeah, I remember. I remember the time travel, like the super cringy, like Bakugo time travel theories that came out when his design was revealed as the first inheritor. It's just like, oh no, another anime character with <laughs> pointy hair and a slightly scowling expression. <laughs> No, they can't be different characters. <laughs> right. Why just, would you think that? Yeah, I just remember being like, holy I, shit. I, the thing that's going to either, you know, make or break like that headcanon stronger is when they finally animate the, the first and second successors. Yeah. Um, and is, yeah. just like, exactly. It's just like, oh, crap. His hair is... If he's got fuchsia. if he's got tan hair, fuchsia hair, and that that red them red peoples, people got people <laughs> about to activate. Crazy. I was going more along the ancestral kind of line. Maybe this is not Bakugo per se, but maybe an ancestor. Same family tree. Knows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. could tie in nicely as far as like sentimentality and connection between the two, like deepening the bond between them. You know, like yeah, I got your ancestor with me, bro. Like, what's up? Yeah. That sounds weird. Hey, hey, Bakugo, 
Your great, 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 great grandpappy says, knock it off, no. motherfucker. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, we'll see, I guess. You're being disrespectful to great, 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 great grandpappy right now? Damn, that was like the same number of greats both times. Good shit. Probably. <laughs> that was fire. That's funny as fuck. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, this, uh, oh yeah, are we moving into uh, Ochako and, and Toga stuff? Yeah, I think so, yeah. It's just yeah. like... Froppy is just like, I wasn't going to let my best friend's secret be revealed because of this bitch. <laughs> Wait, what's the secret? That, that Ochako Ochako's is in love, love with. Him. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. All right, all right, yeah, yeah. This like, situation. Was... <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. That was, I didn't like realize. That I, that at least that's secret. what I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Yeah, because well, she's just like, literally... I'm not letting my friend's secret be revealed because of Toga right now. Izuku needs to go and just fight Shigaraki. But also when that Suyu... kind of stuff just shouldn't matter in a situation like this. So, yeah, go ahead, Eagle. <laughs> when Suyu drop kicked Toga, she was literally about to say uh, we fell for the same person. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, you wait know? a minute. Where is that? Let's that was see. last chapter. Oh, it was last like... chapter. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. She drop kicked her right in the middle of her sentence, cut her off. She was like um, about to say, like she was in the middle of saying, "I thought we would be able to understand each other, you know, especially since we fell for the same per, you know." And she was about to say it. Yeah, and actually, I guess kicked. that does matter to the situation, right? Because you always have to like remember that these are just kids. You know what I mean? And like, in like, teenager stuff can still affect them. Like, you you want to say like, who cares if the cat's out of the bag for that? You know, very but high in school this situation. Yeah, but in this situation, like, it's like we need to keep our wits about us. We can't have any distractions and like hormonal, you know, lovey dovey, like romantic, like teenager stuff like that can very much get in the way for these people in ways that like just can't be helped and can't be, you know, um, easily like reversed after the feeling and, and thoughts are in your head. Like that will affect you. You know what I mean? Especially when you're this age. So that actually is fine. Um, yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot more sense to me now that I've thought about it a little bit more. Yeah. But, um... So, yeah, I mean, she's clutching that motherfucking blood pack, and she about to let the sad girls parade go, man. Yeah, that'll be fucking cool to see. And that's, uh, that's when, uh, the headcanons are gonna hit the fan or whatever, because... Yeah, what are some of the headcanons you're thinking of right now? The things that people were... Uh, speculating with Toga and having access to Jin's blood, I just yeah. There are so many what ifs to her powers and abilities, and I, I know like pi- like Vocal Pineapple had like this especially reachy one. Oh yeah, was what was he saying? On. Just like, oh, well, she has the ability to go into the infinite if as long as like if she's able to you know use twice as blood she'll make she'll be able to make like the the like the origin Jin twice who has all of his memories and can make copies of everybody again and I'm just oh, like oh wow I saw I saw one where someone said like okay so she has a little vial of Jin's blood she makes a fucking like clone and then you know cuts that clone gets more blood from it and then you can just rinse repeat the cycle or whatever i thought that was pretty cool to think about and that now that my thing with though actually like what if, what if she because she does become the person so know, that's the like, thing kind of is that physically. like she becomes the person like it like depending on how close she was with that person she can use their quirks and whatnot 
there's a lot of what ifs to that situation. Like, uh, one of the things is like in regards to like the you know potentially infinite blood supply of twice. Like, when she is taking on these people, is she just creating like a layer of skin over the top of her skin, and it's still her blood underneath, or yeah. is she actually like? creating the blood on top of her own blood for that, which I don't necessarily think that's the case. Again, we don't know that like the specific intricacies of her quirk to really know for sure. On top of that, in terms of like her and her memories and whatnot, like sure, like obviously she has the memory that she memories that she does of twice. And uh, part of Twice's quirk is having the knowledge of a person up to that point and having their measurements. Like, so people are making this argument that, like, if she clones herself once as Twice, that Twice, because she remembers Twice, will have Twice's memories from up to that point. And it, it just gets so convoluted and, like... It does track a little a bit lot as one as goes, because... All of his clones believed they were him. Yeah, mm-hmm. they all had all of his memories and all of his all of his experience to the point where they all actually like murdered each other, mm-hmm. thinking they were the original. And he went years not wanting to double himself. Yeah, because he didn't know if he was the original, and he didn't want to take any damage because he was like, I might melt away and find out I'm not, yeah. and then I'm yeah. just dead forever. But uh, when I was right. go- and- when I was reading that shit, I figured that that was more of like a psychological, you know, issue on behalf of Jin personally, rather than like yeah. a side effect of the actual quirk itself. Right. Yeah. But on on top of that too, it just you know it's another one of those things of like. Okay, now when she copies herself, though, because she has memories of this person, is she really, like, making a copy of that twice, or is she making a copy of Toga twice? Like, again, just... (laughs) The technicalities are absurd to think about. Right, like, if she uses his ability and makes a copy of anybody else, yes, she's making a copy of that person in the moment from when, they like, she measured them and whatnot, but, like... Again, that's why there are so many what-ifs to this thing, and, like, depending on what we see with the chapters coming up, it is going to make or break headcanons. Yeah, no, it sure will. Wow, I didn't even think about it like that. I'm, like, so, like, far removed from, like, the My Hero Academia community discussions at this point that, like, I'll hear, you know, certain headcanons or theories, like, offhandedly, but I'm not, like, in the mix of action when it comes to those discussions, so... This situation that you're talking about right now completely escaped me. And now I'm thinking about it for the first time. Like, holy shit, that had to be so massive in the community (laughs) when it was going down. And probably still is because we have yet to, you know, to get the fruit of that that concept. So, Mm -hmm. wowza. But, uh, I guess moving on from that, though. I mean, obviously the focus of the chapter... It's funny that for both MHA and... One Piece, honestly, you had like the the sandwich of content where it's just like the the really important things on either end, and then the the not as focused on things in the middle. Yeah. But like, obviously, Dobby was the focus here, and I I need to make this comment. I need to make this comment. Um, the fact that like the people that we have fighting Dobby are Shoto and three of you know Endeavor's uh, sidekicks that he's got. The fact that uh, 
Onima was telling Kido, he's like, you should back off, like, uh, because of the heat and whatnot that's going on. And it's just like, he's like, oh, well, no, I can deflect whatever I want, including the heat. And I'm just thinking to myself, why do this they need to talk weird. about that? Yeah. <laughs> it's weird other than needing to hit explain his quirk. Right. Yeah. For the readers for the first time. It, it was, I like, agree with you, it's a very awkward vehicle for this um exposition because it's like these two characters should be familiar enough with each other to know. They that, work for Endeavor who yeah. has fire powers. Yeah. And he has a sidekick for Endeavor and around Endeavor. Like yeah. I get it. Dobby is like very very hot with his fire abilities but like yeah, yeah. he's he's endeavor's sidekick for a reason we're explaining like you should back off it's like no i can handle this i've deflected heat and whatnot before it's just yeah. like I, this is just an <laughs> exposition explanation here yeah more than anything i definitely think that um you know, this could have been handled a couple of different better ways, personally. I think that it would have worked just as fine as just superimposed omniscient narration. <laughs> you know, <laughs> explaining, you know, uh, Keto's, you know, resist uh, ability to resist heat when he needs to. I definitely don't think it needed to come from the mouth of Keto, because you're right, because this literally are two, these are two characters that already know these things about themselves. They're why already are, Endeavor's sidekicks. Yeah, like, why are they like... talking to themselves about this thing? Yeah, it definitely could have just been superimposed omniscient narration, or it could have been handled with better subtext. I think that subtext would have been, you know, like a better way to to kind of get the point across, rather than just, like, face valuing the explanation between two characters that have no reason to be having this conversation with each other. Exactly. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> sometimes, you know, sometimes you just, you just want to do the easy thing. <laughs> and mm -hmm. it, it created an awkward moment you know but whatever it doesn't i don't think it's anything too negative um no it's too bad. like yeah. you, like we said it's just a, an awkward vehicle for something that contextually yeah. <laughs> in that setting does not make sense right <laughs> but yeah that was literally like the only thing about the the chapter that was just like ah! for me <laughs> mm -hmm. But I'm, 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 it's funny that you brought that up because I was going to bring it up if you didn't. That's hilarious. It just, it just stuck out yeah. so much to me. Yeah. <laughs> but I love his design. I love the design for Keto. I love the, um, you know, the invisible man kind of, you know, approach to, to his aesthetic where it's just mummified, you know, mummy rap guy with a jacket on. It's just like always going to hit for me. <laughs> right. Yeah. But yeah, so this is like cool, right? Because it's like we're establishing the situation to where like these, you know, Endeavor agents are going to have their relevance in this very like concentrated, localized like scuffle here. Where we can finally see what they can do, but it doesn't necessarily take away from like the final bout, you know, inside of like Dobby and Endeavor like versus Dobby. It's like we're just going to let the little guys go and like do their thing so that we can see them, know that they have value since their introduction, and then boom, move on to, you know, the pay-per-view um <laughs> i mean that is event. assuming that endeavor actually does show up to take on dobby at any point during this fight i think it'd be so weird if dobby gets beaten without engaging endeavor at all i get that but like you gotta consider the fact that endeavor is currently engaged mm -hmm. with all for one's original body mm -hmm. 
And I don't so, even know like where that is even now that I think about it. I do not have a very good um, understanding of the geography of 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 these uh, of these scenes personally. Not saying that Kohei isn't doing a good job of communicating, you know, the landscape or anything like that. I just like it hasn't um, clicked in a way to where like sometimes I'll read like One Piece or you know some other story that like gives you maps and like really like lets you understand the positioning of you know where characters are at any given moment. Like, not to say mm -hmm. that Kohei doesn't do that, but, like, it's, I'm just thinking of other times and stories where I've almost had just, samurai. like, yeah, elusive samurai and shit. I just have, like, a mental, you know, image as if I was, like, a bird's eye view spectator in a video game, like, you know, controlling mm -hmm. my way through, you know, the location. I just don't have that grasp of the locale in My Hero Academia like I do in other stories, so that's probably mm -hmm. my fault. But, like, yeah, like, where is Endeavor anyway? You know what I mean? Like, what are the chances that he could, in this very chaotic situation, end up in front of Dobby, I guess is my question. Yeah, I don't know that they handle all for one quick enough for him to be like, port me there real quick, bro. Yeah. Like, no. Yeah. But, I mean, all if they're in rather close... Yeah, if they're in rather close proximity, you know, you could... You could have situations where Endeavor scraps with all for one, they tussle for a little bit, and then boom, all of a sudden, introduction of another character that kind of, like, fills in that gap for Endeavor after taking, like, some kind of hit that he needs to go, you know, to the side and kind of try to recover from for a moment, then enter, you know, Mirko or some other fucking character to kind of, like, tussle with him in the meantime, yeah. and then who knows, by the time Endeavor's I, ready to get back into the fight, he notices Dobby over here, you know, and goes to that I, situation or something. Mirko wouldn't be the one to do it. Yeah, not Mirko. That was, that is, that was just... Anyone that's engaged with Shigaraki is not leaving that yeah, place. That was just for the sake of, like, you know, just to throw, you know, a name out, you know what I mean? But yeah, Mirko definitely isn't gonna be the one, but yeah, you know what I mean. You never know with these, like, chaotic, like, war arcs, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, they establish these 1v1 bouts, but who knows what could happen that could interrupt that situation in a multitude of different ways and create yeah. new atmospheres and new dynamics. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I don't know. I'm really excited to see everybody, like, like, I feel like this next chapter... Now, this last panel on the last page, is this just, like, time constraints, like... Like, didn't get to, like, add, like, all of the detail that I wanted to in the last page because of time? Or could this have just been, like, an artistic choice? It doesn't really feel that way. No, I think he's burning He's away. literally falling apart. Yeah, but I mean, like, some of these lines look like they were trying to be, like, erased or something. It just looks like more like a storyboard than, like, an official panel to me. So, hey, it, like, yeah. Which, I mean, that's been a Horikoshi are, thing like... in the past. But I think that is the actual finalized drawing. Okay. Like, so Dobby is literally falling apart from this court. Away, yeah. yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I feel I feel like that could be you know conveyed you know with this you know vibe to the art or without it. So that's why I was just like, hmm, this looks a little bit more low detail than I mean, I'm like well, used to. Even though it like does, those yeah, the strings on his lower jaw look like they're literally just loose because all that front skin is just burned away. Like yeah. It's, yeah. the tendons in his face are exposed on the right side. Like yeah, it's really just the weaker lines for me. I just want to like say that you know what I mean. Like the 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 lines that don't seem as dark or as like pronounced. They don't feel as. And of course, that could just be going into. You could see it in the dialogue bubble outlines too. You know what I mean? Like it's carrying over into pretty much everything. So you could definitely say like, yeah, it's the burning effect of everything melting away. But it, for some reason, it just feels a little bit more unfinished to me than artistic choice. So that's why I wanted to bring it up. But it works either way. I'm totally we'll, fine. We'll see. Way. We'll see the follow through soon yeah. enough. Mm -hmm. I mean, depends on how much flashback we get, if anything, since that's going to be. 
like he's going to explain to Shoto why he is where he is and whatnot. But, yeah, that's massive. Um, that's fucking crazy. Like, it's I just I think it's kind of funny because like all the Dobby apologists are going to be out there and be like, oh no, he's less hot. Uh, they took away his face. <laughs> his burnt you. off, kissable face. They're probably still sim. Yeah, probably. I feel like we gotta talk about Spinner, bro. Yeah, dude, look at Spinner on this fucking page. Jack. Yeah, like, holy he shit, this is a different cool. Spinner. For real. Yeah, he's, like, Which drooling it, at the mouth and shit. Like, he's, this yeah. is a different Spinner, bro. It is very possible that he could have taken a quirk enhancer. Oh, sure. Um, I mean, because we Didn't they approach that. him with that shit? Didn't that skeptic guy, like, don't you want to, like, you know, take this shit over? Don't you want to, like, be the representative of this shit? I got some pills for you. We can get you to, like, maximum potential. We can get you out Maybe. here really I mean, representing these Morlocks the way you should be. <laughs> work enhancers have been a big thing in both the series proper and Vigilantes, so... Yeah. It's possible either way, but, like, either... He looked jacked. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just like... Argh! Yeah. I feel like I've never so, seen this, like, Hulkified spinner before. I feel like he's got to well, be on drugs. I think he needs to, just because he never had that, essentially, that power-up moment yeah. that, like, the other, like, prominent members had. Like, even um, Mr. What's-His-Face, who was just like, Ha-ha, I am the descendant of this thief guy from the pet and I'm, i feel terrible for forgetting these <laughs> names and whatnot Com yeah, yeah. mr compress yeah yeah. Compress. like even he like even though he like i believe he died it was just like he had his moment of glory going on now he got whooped spinner in the war like, he got whooped in the war spinner, and then taken in my bad yeah spinner's yeah. just like i'm a gecko yeah but at the same time though it could like just like be a part of like his like lizard quirk right because like there are some like lizards and and shit that like have defense mechanisms that like puff their body up to make them look more threatening to uh mm -hmm. to, to predators right so it could be a situation to where it's that but for the sake of this being a superhero story that's very physical he not it's not just it's, an, it's not an aesthetic boost he also really gains that mass like he also it's like, he, it's possible yeah but it's like the like the face of what is it? The heteromorphs was that the term? Yeah. That was used? Oh my god! Yeah. I said Morlocks um, earlier. It's definitely heteromorphs. Lol, that's that X Men be. shit. I, I can't yeah. remember the. It is heteromorphs. Like, you're totally right. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Like, I just, I just, I used an, I used an X Men term on accident. Is all I was saying. Yeah. But yeah. Like it's it, it's very possible that he got like swayed into just leaning harder into that just because, especially in vigilantes. That was that was a specific thing with like the the quirk enhancers for that is that they they were like turning people more monstrous mm. for the and at least for the people that weren't able to be cured anyway. So, which I do want to say as a segue with vigilantes, do either of you read it or no? No, not yet, man. <sighs> Got to okay. do that. Been saying so, that for like two seasons. I know. I <laughs> I, I I have this Same. strong. And I could be very wrong, but like the way that things are happening for Dobby reminds me very much of number six from Vigilantes, who is the main villain. And he, Ooh. while he is more of a, like an engineered being with like in this, with a stolen quirk, um, mm. he does get to this point where his body just turns into energy. Um, like he's literally a skeleton 
just possessed by energy as like he is of like the singular mindset of just destroying his enemy it just makes me question like you know is that potentially you know something that would happen with dobby but with fire where like the the physical limitations of the like the the paper skin fair body that he has just gets burned away and he's just like fire incarnate whether or not that actually happens like i don't know but like it it just because i've been reading well i've read vigilantes since the beginning yeah like it just it feels like a similar parallel there sure yeah that'd be somebody definitely brought up like that in the live reaction chat like dobby is going to kill himself with his quirk probably in this oh man and what if like as he's burning away like Shoto just like hits him with that last embrace as he just ashes away, forgives him, hugs him as a brother. You know what I'm saying? Yo, that'd be Dobby a wild that situation. Fear that just like steams away with the heat. Oh no, not poetry. Oh, that'd be fucking. Cr- I never thought about the the possibility that Dobby could just kill himself with his quirk as like the the fucking final like period on his character arc. I, not intentionally I maybe. almost right. maybe intentionally who knows right. yeah yeah i almost want him not to you know reconcile yeah. i almost want him to just like because not all characters need redemption per right. se. like don't get me wrong i get it he has a very tragic backstory he has very tragic circumstances with his quirks in regards to quirk singular singularity and whatnot, but like, you know, sometimes people don't have to be turned from the brink. Yeah. Um, and if think, it happens, it happens. But. Yeah. Kohei's uh, done a pretty good job of subverting those specific kinds of, um, you know, of uh, of, of shonen, um, not cliches, but uh, tropes, right? And not just shonen, but just, like, storytelling, like, tropes in general. It's, like, when you have a very tragic, you know, character like Dobby, a lot of the time they will try to reconcile it in a way that seems redemptive, you know, to a certain Mm -hmm. extent. But it's, like, we already have such a massive redemption arc inside of Endeavor. I feel like it would just be a little bit too wholesome for the build-up to not only redeem Endeavor, but then also, you know, reconcile things with Dobby at the same time. Even though, like, I feel like that's what most people probably would want. You know, like, you want to see the, the Todoroki family happy. You want to, you know, have everything end up being, like, a ride-off into the sunset, like, happy ever after kind of thing for them. But um, I just don't think you build up such an intense dynamic just to have it end that wholesomely, even yeah. though the death of a character isn't really, you know, all that wholesome. But, like, it Dobby... It could be less yeah. wholesome and more melancholy in the sense, like, Dobby maybe goes out still hating everybody, but, like, Todoroki approaches it like... I never knew you as a brother, so I'm not going to treat you as a villain in this last moment. Like, I'm yeah. going to look at you like my brother that I never knew. Yeah. You know, but despite the fact that you killed a very... lot of people. Right. Yeah. I just think that, that like, the, the resolution of this um, Todoroki storytelling should leave a relatively sour taste in the mouth, yeah. even if it is Melancholic, overall, you know, like positive, you know what I mean? Even if it is generally positive by the end, there should still be certain areas of it that just leave like a, a bitter, a bittersweet kind of like taste in the mouth. Mm-hmm. But my damn endeavor fucking never got to see his son again. He burned himself away with his quirk. Oh man. What would that do? What would that do for endeavor? crazy to think about like all the different possibilities on like how this Todoroki storytelling can like 
come to a come to a head and end. But yeah, mm-hmm. I don't think I had anything else for my hero this week. No, I think that's about all I had as well. Uh, Sad girls parade coming out next chapter, man. Yeah, we'll see. And nah, it's it's, ba- it's backstory time next chapter. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That, we that's at least this, what it yeah, looks yeah. like. We got to get the Dobby backstory. We could get the Dobby backstory and then cliffhanger with the sad girls parade. That'd be pretty major. Yeah. We're we're in we're in we're in One Piece Wano like territory right now where we're just gonna be ba- bouncing back and forth with no resolutions for any one of them anytime soon. Oh shit, that'd be pretty. Another crazy. cool thing, like just I guess my last thing for this chapter is like it's cool to guess finally see the resolution of, I guess the subplot between Toga and Uraraka where it seems like they both kind of resolve to the fact that they are not going to understand one another and they're just gonna like. Yeah. Stand on their own ideals and face each other as as enemies, you know. Oh yeah, yeah, it's like gonna be dope. To that, because I mean, for a while, Uraraka was like trying to understand Toga and seemed like they had this energy, like they were gonna try and rescue her, yeah. you know, from whatever. But yeah. now it seems like they're just kind of resolved to the fact that, like, nah, she's bugging. There's yeah. nothing we can do. She feels like she's been b- betrayed by society, which to a certain extent she has. Yeah. And, yeah, there's just nothing we can do about it at this point besides put a stop to her. Well, it's a great growth point for, for Ochako's character to, you know, as a young child who's, like, being, like, kind of, like, thrust into the world of professional heroism a lot sooner than most kids her age have. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you have this idea of, like, what villains are that you, you know, that's established, that's been established over the course of your entire life. And now that you're actually fighting them on a professional level, Himiko Toga was the first one that showed, you know, qualities of herself and her personality and her and and who she is as a character that kind of conflicted with you know what um ochako's idea of a villain really was you know what i mean she wasn't ready for there to be this much depth and this much moral gray in the analysis of a villain you know what i mean and then when she squares up with himiko toga she's like yeah she's definitely doing villainous things but there are redeemable qualities about this one what does that mean for me like what do i have to do how do i go about it when i can feel the pathos too you know what i mean like how do i how do I move forward with that? So it's a great growth point for her. So I'm excited, you know, to see like how that kind of culminates and how that kind of resolves inside of this stretch of the storytelling with Himiko versus um, Ochako. But, uh, but I just don't really like get it from like Toga's perspective, I guess. I feel like, I feel like a lot of the, the I feel like this Toga storytelling, I feel like there's nothing new really added to the Toga side of things yet in between their last confrontation and now like philosophically and character wise, I'm sure we'll get it once their actual duel begins one-on-one or one V two since Suyu is here too. But like, Oh, like Toga just feels like, I mean, obviously, you know, twice died and that was big for her and, and like personally, but inside of their personal like rivalry dynamic, I don't feel like much has really changed on the Toga side of things, specifically looking at Toga versus Ochako like in a vacuum. But maybe I just like am not really reading the the dialogue in this chapter in the last chapter. I mean like it's... properly in that regard. Maybe I'm forgetting a line of dialogue that contradicts what I'm saying right now or something, but it's it's she's come at least in terms of Toga, she's come to an acceptance that these people who she thought she loved um like they don't understand her version of love they are of the the common societal you know 
uh, viewpoint of you have to be normal, you can't do these weird things. And when it came down to it, the one person um, who did understand her, who do, did care for her, um, and seemingly, you know, understood all these viewpoints, was Twice. And Twice yeah. is dead at this point. And yeah. so she will, you know, embrace his blood and just, you know, she... Be because she loved him, as she came to understand, like, she wants to become him. She yeah. no longer wants to become Ochako or Froppy or uh, Midoriya because, yeah. you know, that love isn't, or her version of love isn't being reciprocated. Oh, so maybe so, this, is, this was more like a test then in regard to, like, Himiko Togi and her confrontation of Deku and Ochako Midoriya at the same time? Midoriya was the last one yeah. where, like, uh, she already came to find out how Ochako felt, um, but Midoriya was the one that she really loved all this time because he reminded her of her first crush. Oh, sure. Um, so, okay. So she falls in love with Jin. Jin's the one that actually gets her, and then he fucking died being the only person that really understood Kimiko Toga, and then she, while that hole in her heart is gaping is trying to fill that with either ochako or deku now that twice is gone but no, now she's yeah. like oh ochako no, not exactly no ochako so like oh, okay like midoriya and ochako were the original focuses for toga she kind of thought like twice was just kind of weird and whatnot and didn't realize oh, sure, what she yeah. had until it was gone right. kind of thing uh um, and now that he and, is gone she's trying to replace that She's trying to fill that hole with Ochaku, Ochako and Deku and is finding out one by one that they never meant as much to her as Twice did. Not and necessarily now. fill that hole, though, but validate what she thought she had with them and then realize oh, sure. that that was, never, that was never going to be a thing and then okay. realizing and just coming to that acceptance that Twice was the one. Twice yeah. was the one that understood. It, it was never a, like a thing of them filling a hole in her heart because, sure. you know, they were the ones that were essentially widening that hole rather than filling it themselves. Sure. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. well, I like that. That feels, that feels, the situation feels a lot better for me now than it did before. So I'm glad that we focused on that for a moment. Cause like, mm -hmm. honestly, like when it comes to like the, the, the Toga and Ochako stuff, that's, like, some of the stuff that's the easiest for me to forget about My Hero Academia. Not through any fault of, like, Kohei's or anything like that. I've just, like, never really cared. It's a minor it. subplot. Yeah, I've never... I mean, and not even just that it's a minor subplot. Other minor subplots in My Hero Academia have banged for me, you know what I mean? But this is just the one that I, for one reason or another, just have not cared too much for. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So it's easier for me to... Uh, my, it makes sense that my retention is a little bit lower in regard to Ochako and and Toga's dynamic. So I'm glad that we discussed it because now I got a new lens for it and I'm a little yep. bit more appreciative of it. But um, but yeah. I think that's about all I have for my yeah. hero this week. Yeah, I'm good too. Good shit, you guys. Well, with that, I think we can go ahead and get into the final chapter of the night, the piece de resistance, so to say. Chapter 1044 four 
of One Piece wah been making fucking waves on social media since fucking Tuesday. Holy moly. Literally could not go on social media all week long. <laughs> yeah. Warrior you, uh... of Liberation. Yeah. Did you guys manage to go unspoiled leading up to the chapter or no? I, yeah, I had to stay off social media all week in order to do so because I had to stay unspoiled until Sunday. Yeah. For his and reaction. it's got me low key tight thinking about just reacting to scans going forward. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I actively seek out the spoilers, so like I spoil myself on purpose for One Piece pretty much every time. I don't seek out spoilers, yeah, because I hate that that has become a part of the community. Yeah, at this and point. the culture around it, like yeah, let's fucking yeah. no, I hate yeah, that, dude. I, feel I, I don't like I don't like the the thought of you know somebody having to uh read regurgitated thoughts from somebody else like a yeah. baby bird being fed <laughs> mushed up worms from the mom bird yeah um but i i did read the tcb scans once they came out on thursday night because yeah there was no going past it at that point like, yeah for real and i'm i'm I was able to stick to like Twitter group chats leading up to Thursday. Yeah. Once that chapter was out, the floodgates opened in certain group yeah. chats. And I was just like, I'm glad that I read this chapter when I did. So yeah. major props to you, Eagle, for <laughs> staying off until th uh, Sunday. Cause I was going to try too. I, th I told myself, I was like, maybe I should just read this one, you know, authentically, organically, like on hmm. Sunday. But, like, my curiosity just, like, won out, like, entirely. Yeah. I was just like, I can't. So, like, it's out. My people are I, talking about it in the background. I just... Are people in. changing their freaking profile pictures? <laughs> that to, was the, wild. The spoilers. It's yeah. just like... I, I saw people with the profile pictures from the Raw. I was like, really? From the Raw scan? That's wild. Like, the, the that, really, like, a, low quality... choice. Like, you're taking that's a, a picture yeah, of the physical book. Yeah, like type shit like not even not even that i, I didn't yeah. i don't well yeah i didn't see uh anybody with like the sketchy storyboard raw you know for a profile picture but i definitely saw like the japanese book a picture taken of the page of the you know the magazine you know what i mean like someone had that as their profile picture and i was just like holy fuck wild mm -hmm. People are just so thirsty trying to be, I want to be the first one yeah <laughs> yeah i knew about oh, this yeah. i know about yeah. this yeah Oh my god, it's so lit! Oh, like, shut the fuck up, let people experience it for themselves. You're so fucking thirsty for attention on the internet. Oh my god, I hate people. Uh huh. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, this is the third chapter in a row I've managed to go unspoiled up to reading it. Nice, so, dude. Very proud of myself, especially on this one. Because, yeah. like, if I got spoiled on this one, I I, I would have been pissed. Yeah, this one I got spoiled on the last chapter. Did you? Ooh, oh, damn. I got spoiled on the last chapter, and I also got spoiled on Jujutsu Kaisen, the Triple Domain expansion. So yeah, but that, yeah, that was, was literally fucked. happened in the first five minutes of me going live. Yeah, so that happened was, in the stream. They spoiled you in on the, the Triple stream Domain. Chat. That yeah, was, was terrible. That's, that's honestly crazy to me. Because people it's just like, like I get it. You know what I mean? Like you're in the you're in the middle of the conversation. Everyone like people. You're talking about it with really with people in the live chat more than you're thinking about. Oh shit! A live reactor is literally about to witness this for the first time. I can mm -hmm. see it easily like escaping the thoughts of the people when you're hyped up just trying to talk about it because it's crazy and everyone else knows it with you. But like yeah, like 
you're literally pulling up to a live reactor stream. Like you got to be a little yeah. more self aware than that. Yeah. But um, I digress. Yeah, we yeah, should yeah. get into the chapter. Yeah, cover Before chapter. Before we one. do, oh um, yeah, what's up? I I did at least want to. Because I do love the cover stories, I yeah. did find the the first cover story page um, with Sanji's brothers hilarious, yeah. especially given the fact that one of the daughters is literally standing between them with just a knife in her hand. Yeah, just like yeah. oh my They're god, about to start uh, seeing what this German technology is hitting for. They're like, no, <laughs> yeah. we yeah. gonna acquire this shit one way or the other, boy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yo. So yeah, I definitely like that too. I was I was glad you put that pointed that out because that is something we usually try and do is just kind of acknowledge that at least. So yeah, yeah. Yes. yeah. There was still like times like in the beginning of like the life of the of the channel where like multiple weeks in a row we would just forget to talk about the cover page of well, fucking I mean, One Piece. Just like damn, like One Piece does alternate between cover stories and like. Yeah. Uh, like readers submission ideas mm-hmm. illustrated by Oda and like yeah. right now we are in another period of cover stories featuring yeah. um like Sanji's family uh as their you know the after effects of whole cake yeah so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah this is a good one good one but the chapter itself though yeah chapter itself is so fucking crazy major man wow the payoff for all of this shit has, like, been slapping pretty hard for me. Yeah. Yeah, so we start off, obviously, like, Luffy's dialogue. What happened to me? Why can I still stand? Even though I lost, I'm having fun for some reason. Then he starts dying. Yeah. And the whole time it's got this... So that's his beat. Yeah. That's the Joy Boy, the Drums of Liberation. Um, Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I like that. I can't do this then, scene in the anime is gonna be so fucking yes. insane, bro. Oh, and yeah. it's it seems like everyone at least that has observation hockey mm-hmm. is able to perceive that th- this change has happened. Because that's the thing is that like at least of the people that we notice are like all people that we know Sanji. have hockey up to this point. Yeah. Um, and that's Sanji why like up. Nami and um. Uh, Otoko or not Otoko, um, Otama. Her, Otama. Otama nice. are like Luffy's alive? Yeah. Question mark. He, yeah. He's breathing again. Yeah. While Marco's like, "Hey, yo, yeah, he's still breathing, bro." Yeah. But yeah, no, you're you're definitely right. Like uh, Sanji, who's definitely noted to have you know a specialization in observation hockey. Kid Law both notice Hyogoro, Marco. They're all like. Yeah. Hey yo, mm-hmm. something a little different. Hold up, bro. Yeah, and uh-huh. it's like you could you could look at it as like everybody <laughs> you know in this situation. Like most people are gonna have hockey as far as like characters that you would focus on in this moment. But then what really drives it home is that two, um, two characters that are known to not have hockey are not aware of the same things as the other characters that are. So it's just a mm-hmm. just a nice touch. That's there. a good little yeah, yeah. little indicator, un- clear un- clear indicator, undisputed indicator. Exactly, just a nice indicator, not even noted in any dialogue. Just yeah. like, yep, here's these two people that can't tell, and everybody else around them, like, mm-hmm. yep, mm-hmm. like, oh shit, <gasps> shit, doom da da da, doom da da da, doom da da da, like, goddamn, hold on, bro. Yeah, like, what yeah. the fuck? We back at Marijuana. Yo, we actually it's... get the explicit explanation on the actual factual devil fruit. Yeah, but before that. They also say, like, the the fact of the matter was, they 
were willing to anger Kaido and lose one of their top Ages Zero agents because to them, that was a better outcome than, this. than the awakening of Luffy's fruit. Like, that in and of itself is insane, yeah. given how strong Kaido is and his influence in the pirate world. And that yeah. that is a prime example of, like, what I mean when I talk about how, like, One Piece shows stakes in its world. Yeah. Is that it's, it's achieved, the world of One Piece has achieved such a living and breathing state where we're so familiar, you know, with the goings-on inside of it. And even when we move over to this very, like, enigmatic, clandestine area of you know, the world government that has all of these like really crazy conversations that no one else is having. It's like, even though we don't know as much about them individually and like what's going on with them personally, like the fact that they're having this kind of a conversation is a big deal for the overall story of One Piece just because they're having it. And we know that because the world is that big and we've seen things going on in so many parts of it and knowing that it all comes back to these in five individuals and what they're talking about makes anything they say have drastically high levels of weight and impact in pretty much every other scene of the fucking chapter you know what i mean so like just that the fact that they're having this conversation at all is already just like holy shit the intensity just skyrockets mm-hmm yep and it's oh go ahead i mean just what they're talking about as far as like how the fruit has been evading him you know, they're it, like they're like it almost seems like the fruit itself has a will of its own and is evading us actively, which we know fruits, devil fruits in general, and 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 I guess as they state in this one, more so, Zoans do retain that will and have a will of their own, and it feels like that's kind of going hand in hand with the fact that when you think about all the stuff that's stated about Luffy, this really feels like. Like, Luffy was, is Joy Boy in every sense, right? Even aside from the fruit, like, just his personality. Like, like when, you, when you think about the dialogue where they say that in all the world, there's no power more ridiculous, that seems like, obviously, Luffy would have that power, just based right. on his personality and who he is. And it really feels like a perfect culmination in the sense that, like, the fruit's inherited will came finally in contact with that one perfect inherited human will yeah to really Since culminate joy boy. To that yes yeah well, maybe. In a, again assuming that joy boy isn't the original sun god nika right um which and i, I want to say because I, I delved into this a little bit more um i was very curious because they explicitly said uh in both translations the fruit has evaded the world government for 800 years. So one of the big things with that 800 year mark, 800 years ago marked the end of the void century. Mm -hmm. On top of that, in terms of some of the other events that happened at that point in time, Shandora was destroyed from Skypea. Um, the Riku family takes over Dressrosa from the Don Quixote family. Um, mm. Zunatia commits a crime at that 800-year mark. And 
another important point, 20 kings come together to form the world government and censor the void century. Mm. Um, so the, the events essentially that led up to when this fruit essentially started evading them for 800 years. So it's very interesting that that in particular is the point that they said, you know, this is when this fruit, like at any like point in time, we weren't able to get our hands on this fruit, like for this 800 year period. So it's really interesting that this came at the end of the void century in particular. Yeah. And you know, whatever happened in regards to, um, you know, joy boy, Zunasia, all this stuff 800 years ago. Um, and then uh, at least tying back to other things, you know, whether or not that tied into the reason why Joy Boy slash Nika never was able to, to raise Noah, you know, the giant ship um, from Fishman Island along with Poseidon. It's, it's crazy to think about the, the fruit having a will of its own and going out of its way to evade the world government all of this time because now it's making me think like did it specifically seek out luffy like did it put itself in a position to be taken by who's who and go on a I certain mean, ship and then it, it wasn't and then, taken and then, by or, who's who though it was taken away it's... from who's who while guarding it well no that's what that's what that's where i'm going though with with what i'm saying is that like mm. I'm, i don't know how far back in the timeline i'm willing to go for this example but who's who gets the fruit then the fruit is taken by lucky rue then the fruit is brought to a bar with Lucky Rue and Shanks, and then taken by Luffy and eaten. Like, did the fruit put itself in all of those places? I don't. I don't know that it's in actual some kind of way. <laughs> Crazy. I don't way, know yeah. that it's sentience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So much as serendipity, sure. right? It's literally just like, like some fucking Looney Tunes, like Tom and Jerry, like Three Stooges bullshit. Like it's just literal, like serendipity wonky bullshit happens every time they're like no matter what the fuck we do we can never hold this fucking fruit down bro. yeah i'm thinking fuck! i'm thinking of it like more you along know? the lines of like final destination how like the fucking marble falls off the mantle and then rolls and like hits the broom I think it's, and then, I think and then the broom falls over and then like knocks the fucking handle of the door and the door opens and all of these things just organically happen in a certain like preset path because of the will of this fruit wanting to evade certain people. All kinds of wants oh, and shit yeah. like that. Like, it, like it, they get it, they finally get it with who's who, boom, immediately gets raided by Shanks, and yeah. then, you know, fucking boom, gets taken to East Blue, like you said, brah, gets eaten by some random-ass kid who is fucking Joy Boy. Right. And I obviously that happens. But in the past, you know, it could have just been like somebody had it, oh, boop, ah, something happened, rolled into a bush, sat there for fucking 30 years, somebody found it, you know, just <laughs> stupid shit like that. Well, I feel like a lot, serendipity. Yeah. You know? A lot depends on how the you know the devil fruits were first created though like sure. if there is an origin for them and how they came to be like back in Ennius lobby i forget the name of the guy but the guy that had the the wolf fruit talked about how he did not want to eat a second devil fruit just because the devils inside would fight each other um so like how were these devil fruits created was it an actual will of a person or thing that was put into this fruit especially mm -hmm. when you consider the fact that especially along the lines of these zoans or in, even in the case of like the mythical uh hito no hito fruits which 
for the record, this is the third mythical Hito Hito no Mi in the series. We have and a lot Marcos, of people are like the third. We have Marcos, um, Kaidos, and Luffy's. No, 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 no. The third mythical Hito Hito. So no, the, Hito specifically the human fruit. Yeah, Sen so Goku with the Buddha fruit. Yeah. The other one that apparently is a thing, and I only know this because of the wiki, uh, was the the fox monk from Wano. Apparently that Onimaru? is a mythical. Yeah, yeah. that is, apparently is a mythical Hito Hito no Mi fruit. The kitsune that, that disguised itself as Gyukimaru to steal all the swords. <laughs> yes. Oh, he was that, wow. apparently, that apparently is a mythical Hito Hito no Mi, at least according to the wiki. Damn. So however much however much stock you put want to put into that, like it begs the question, considering these are specific humans, and these are like considered mythical. Like obviously Buddha is considered like a god. Um Mika is considered a god. Like, what was put into these devil fruits that made them what they were? Made yeah. them be Godly. these, like, new versions of these people for generation after generation. Maybe it's a situation um, where, like, these people, like, wildly influential or special or important people die, and then, like, their body goes back into the earth and then goes into you know, the fucking plants and then like sprouts these devil fruits based on yep. their like will, you know what I mean? Like the yep. will of like these special individuals that died and then, you know, sprouted these devil fruits from them decomposing in the ground and shit. That could be a potential origin point for devil fruits just because their will was that intense and that, you know, whatever that it created yep. a supernatural phenomenon in the form in the form of the sprouting of a devil fruit. And then that devil fruits ability is like some kind of metaphysical analogy for how intense their will was in a certain area. Mm -hmm. That'd be pretty and crazy. Like, That'd be pretty crazy to think about. It, too, yeah. Like it, it raises questions of like, like even like Nika's involvement in potentially the creation of the devil fruits. Mm, and I say yeah. that because, and this relates to the, the smile theory like, why is it that a specific side effect of failed smile fruits is the fact that you have these people that are just constantly laughing? Oh, wow. Is this some kind of, you know, like, descended trait or something from Nika in regards to trying to recreate even that fruit? Kind of thing. Like, again, this this chapter has <laughs> does so provided... Much theory fuel for any one piece content creator for the yeah. next year plus for real? i'm not even a like a one piece youtuber right specifically and i have like three different theory videos that i want to put out nice if i actually overcome my burnout to actually create what? videos but that's a no whole other topic altogether yeah. one piece but is like, good for that though like it's got like such a crazy lore and history and world kind of like what i was saying earlier yep. about just how big it is and how well we understand it that like any kind of new information about the lore of the world is just going to slap because it can be tied back and connected to so many other plot points and this chapter by itself yeah. opens thousands of doors yeah honestly for what can be possible yeah. um but i digress um Orochi. i do think it's interesting oh. well before that um i do think it's interesting the difference between the tcb scans mm. and the official scans at least specifically in regards to luffy's powers 
in regards to his awakened state where with tcbe like you could take it a little bit more either figuratively or literally with how like supposedly his power is limited only by his imagination so like is that like like actually literally where like he could do whatever he wants with his imagination compared to the officials where it said that his body is given more freedom than it's ever had before um which we later see that in the chapter with how he's just able to freely manipulate his body in ways that he couldn't before where he had to have like a particular form and or switch between them so I just thought that was an interesting thing between the TCB scans and the uh, official scans for the week. At least like that, that was like the one specific translation thing that was very different and could be interpreted differently. Yeah. Between those two. That's like a major like thing inside of these different translations is that semantically it only takes like one different word to like completely change the meaning and interpretation of what could possibly be happening in these stories. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it's hard to know whether or not one group is translating directly and literally and or another one is like taking liberties to make it make more sense for them or the people who could be reading it. So that kind of decision making is like so important when it comes to the translation of these stories, especially one like One Piece, where a lot of plot threads are hinging on this information. You know yeah. what I mean? So mm-hmm. that's why it's good to like look at them side by side. So thanks for, for pointing that out. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Hiori. <laughs> yeah, Hiori. I, this scene was such a fucking banger, bro. Like dialogue yeah. wise, like it was it, it was so cathartic. You know what I mean? To see Orochi like pleading for his life and trying to find new outs and still trying to like be the charismatic, like manipulative piece of shit that he is all the way up until you know the last part of his scene is just like dumb cathartic for me. In in the in the back and forth of the dialogue with Hiori too yeah. until this fucking beautifully drawn panel that I feel like is just such an outlier in this arc as far as like quality and just like emotion you know what i mean i feel like we have not gotten a panel like this in wano at least for a really long time yeah no this scene was a banger for me this this had me tearing up on stream as i was reading this shit it was a banger this fucking is a banger Mm -hmm. for real she's like yo you scumbags took advantage of my father's kindness and loyalty to the country you fucking lied manipulated he kept his fucking word he made himself look like an idiot for five years didn't say shit and you still scumbagged him in the end like oh yeah he he boiled himself alive for an hour uh and and you were never gonna let him go promise yeah yep so yeah no it's and i wanted to say the unfortunate thing about Hiori's, you know situation this part of the chapter is that it gets brushed over as much as it does just mm. because it's sandwiched between these big like aspects of Luffy's development and whatnot. Yeah. When like this is such an important moment in the chapter that like yeah. like when you when you think about it, like when it comes to Momo and Hiori, Momo's battle was with Kaido. Hiori's battle was with Orochi. Especially considering the fact that Hiori was the one that was left behind. 
Yori was the one that had to deal with Orochi's and, and Kaido's Wano for over 20 years. Right. And she, you know, she had her mission to infiltrate his ranks and whatnot, to get close to him, to enact her revenge. And she's getting it. Like, she has finally achieved this moment where she can avenge her mother and father for, you know, crimes that have been left unpunished for over 20 years. Yes, It, oh, it yeah. absolutely is just a powerful moment with added extra irony as the, the flaming ghost of Conjuro just, you know, like like uh what's the word i'm looking for is just staggering in yeah, on the yeah. last embers of his pathetic life <laughs> dude that was really well said you filled it with that you were in the bag there i like that yeah, a lot. that was beautifully said hell yeah man as i stuttered <clears throat> and tried to find my word <laughs> <laughs> just at yeah. the very end at the very end but it's all good mm-hmm. bro yeah no that was a banger and fucking conjuro just like being back at all is just like god fucking damn it get away from just us. die yeah. die go away stop it stop <laughs> moving stop doing anything yeah Ugh. a lot of people are like really mad to like see Conjuro, and it's just like i'm just like i just like know that until it feels complete they're gonna keep coming back you know what i mean like the last time you see a character if it's not going out in like a a very oda like style like crescendo completion for their you know involvement in the arc they're going to keep coming back to influence the plot in some kind of way so it's a little bit more expected for me just because i think about it like that um same with like orochi and shit too and like just like and jack and whatnot and 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 shit like all of these characters that have let that have been taken out of the fight and come back over and over again is annoying and as frustrating as it is it really did do wonders for me to just constantly be expecting it until there is that kind of like crescendo-y send-off for them that Oda loves to to give to his characters. Well, and it's not even, at least in this situation, it's not a crescendo. Yeah. Because Orochi does not deserve to be seen off with a crescendo. Right. He deserves to have a pathetic end to his pathetic life. Yeah, and that pathetic end can still be dressed up in that Oda, like, bow that I'm talking about, you know what I mean? Like, I definitely don't think that Orochi is even done here, you know what I mean? No, he's probably not. Yeah, 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 and Conjuro, like, probably, you know what I mean? Like, we can be, we can a lot safe, more safely assume that Conjuro's done after this time than literally any of the other... His blood loss has to, it has to have ended at this point, come on! Yeah, but... right. But still, yeah, I mean, like, it, it, if it just though. doesn't feel like the end, it's probably not. And I feel like at this point in One Piece, it's pretty easy to feel when that character has used up all of their screen time. Mm-hmm. But anyway. The dawn is sure to come. Yeah. Fire. Yes. And then we get uh, Luffy, man, Gear 5, bro. He says, I can do everything I wanted to. I can think I can fight a little bit longer. My heartbeat sounds so funny. I can't wait to see him. I cannot wait to hear him say this. Yeah, for real. Like this. I, I love that we did not get Edge Lord Luffy for Gear 5. I'm yeah. just saying it right now. Oh, man, like, is that what oh, some people were talking about? Oh, my God. The amount of people that wanted Edge Lord Gear 5 Luffy is ridiculous. What do they even because... mean by that? So they yeah, saw how Luffy. they yeah, saw right. how like with Gear 4, 
Luffy, obviously, he has this like angrier expression and whatnot. Oh, so sure. They're just and then thinking Snake Man is even he's... more like you know stoic and pissed. Yeah, yeah. So like he's he's got to be like super serious for Gear Five. So the fact that like it 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 completely you know goes in the opposite direction of that, and he's yeah. just become goofy and free and honestly the like the the essence of who he's always been like that the 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 kid that he's been since like he was little and having his adventures with like ace and sabo while you know learning to use his abilities like the fact that his final form respects that is fire yes and literally seemingly on fire at least his hair is yeah like you're saying, it just ties so well into his base personality and who he is as a person, like, from the get. Yeah. And that's why it definitely all feels so just perfectly tied together. Like, this yeah. really is inherited will. This really is, like, destiny, an 800-year yeah. culmination of events and yeah. wills. The, that... the physical embodiment of freedom. I, because you know, that, I, is, that has always been a core part of Luffy's personality of, absolutely. like, I don't, I don't want to be a hero. I don't yeah. want these titles other than pirate king i want to be free yeah i want to have fun i want to like travel the world with my friends i want to eat meat all the freaking time yeah like and now he has physically embodied it and i understand you know i understand totally the personification of it exactly and and like i totally get the route that like certain authors take in the progression of their of their characters you know it's particularly in like shonen storytelling i feel like you can notice it the most because there are just so many forms and transformations that's like a staple inside of at least battle series right so like you Mm -hmm. have you 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 have the the kid that started the series off and you want to show that progression and you want to like you know, represent that progression, you know, in the form of like whatever their final form is, because like you look at that final form and it's such a stark difference between who the series started off as that you're like, yes, this is my visual, you know, communication of how far this character has come by either accidentally or consciously essentially turning them into a completely different character than they were in the beginning for the sake of whatever they're trying to achieve in the scene or in that decision but oda goes you can still see the difference but still see the same kid that you met in chapter one at the same time you know and that just goes to show how thorough the planning for the progression of the main character was throughout this 30 year epic you know and you just have to take your hat off to the planning like that you know what i mean yeah it's so easy Mm -hmm. i want to say and i you know, to get caught up in the moment as a creator and you want to, like, do the next flashy thing, the next big thing that's going to have the streets talking. So you think that, like, stark contrasts are, like, a good vehicle for that. But it can, you know, have, you know, other outcomes that you weren't expecting at the same time. Like, but you just don't have to worry about that for this situation because this is Luffy and this is always who Luffy was supposed to be. Even though you can tell that he's progressed a great deal from the beginning to now everything just feels so organic and perfect when it comes to Luffy. Even if you have complaints Mm -hmm. in other areas, Luffy is, is always on point. Yeah. Well said. Thanks. Um, so yeah, I laughed my ass off at this panel of Kaido shook. Like everybody's like, then we got the Congress hockey, like (laughs) coming down from the roof. Yeah. Everybody's like, Hey, yo, what the fuck? Kaido's literally like, what is up there? <laughs> on the, the roof. 
bro and like he's actually got this little bead of sweat under his eye and mm-hmm. like you can see in his eye he's like bruh like, no way what the fuck is no, up there no on the way road. yeah and then, and then luffy just gets, reaches in and grabs yeah. him like a fucking bottle of fucking lotion toothpaste too bro like a toothpaste too. Like like why tube. is that the analogy that you made i think i think i think i heard you said like a bottle of lotion yeah yeah i think i heard my homeboy i think i heard somebody else like say that i think it was kichi actually now that i think about it oh kichi God. said that and it just like stuck just stuck in my shit <laughs> But yeah, bottle I'm, of ketchup, toothpaste tube, I'm, whatever. I'm, I'm think I'm thinking more like he is grabbing the toy from like the bottom of like the toy chest and like bringing him up to play. Yeah, for sure. It's thing. just the way that like the body like, you know, kind of gets squeezed out from the grab that just like yeah. feels like a toothpaste tube or like a bottle of lotion, I guess. Yeah. And <laughs> he's his, his his cartoon powers are so great that they have influenced Kaido, and you see like the eye effect going. And like ah, yeah, pulls his shit out of the sockets, whips him up there like, bring your ass here, boy. Yo, <laughs> hits the like, Popeye the Sailor Man. man. He hips him up and he's looking like Stretch Armstrong, Popeye the Sailor Man, and he's like e e e and starts <laughs> spinning him fucking around. Bam bam bam. Yo, bam bam yo. from the Flintstones. Hits him with the Hulk versus Loki. Boo, boo, yo, I was boo. laughing my ass off. Yeah. I could not stop laughing. I think I heard that shit. the Popeye official like Twitter like retweeted this shit or some shit. Yeah. Or something. Tweeted about Luffy, yeah. Tweeted about Luffy. That's hilarious. Yeah. Luffy ate his spinach today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this and is I very really Popeye, it. very Tom and Jerry, very Looney Tunes, and I love every yeah. moment of mm-hmm. it. I'm loving every moment because Luffy's just having fun, man. He's living his best life. And he's Kaido laughing dude, his ass off. Yeah, yeah he it's... is. And he's making a lot of, like, dude, he's, I didn't even really notice all these fucking sound effects he's making. He's like, hi wah, blah. Like, he's just fucking, yeah. dude. This dude is hilarious. I man. thought that was, uh, oh, wait, yeah, hi-ya. The wah and the oog, I think, is Kaido, but the hi-ya and the wah and the ra, that's yeah. all him. Yeah, that's probably. Luffy. Yeah. Making weird ass noises while he's doing this shit. <laughs> this is gonna be so funny and cool and hype in the anime, bro. Jesus. Oh, yeah. And I next love year. That. Yeah. Next love year that. anyway. You're right. It's yeah. gonna be a it's it's a year out. Just okay. based on the, the progress of We got made. a lot of cold blooded shit to see in the meantime though, so it's fine. Yeah. Um, well, one certain indefinite hiatus ends because of the hacking incident. Oh, yeah. right, 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 right. Yeah, I yeah. do love that Kaido, after he gets fucking walloped and shit, like, he immediately just kind of collects himself and he's like, mm, thanks for surviving, bro. Appreciate well, not, you. Like, not yeah. before he just goes like, blah, and he fires off like a blast and Luffy is just like, oh, shit. And then he's like, he well, no, that, no, that was after the, that was after that was before. No, right here. Yeah. On, uh, he gets like, bop, bop, bop. Yeah. Yep. And then he kind of, you know, collects himself. Luffy's laughing his ass off. We get the little uh, star panel. Yeah, where he's like about to get like, fatality. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, and if you gotcha. zoom in, I'm pretty yeah. sure you can see the fucking Looney Tunes bump on his fucking. Dome. Yeah, he's got the like the anvil fell on his head. The, ac- yeah. the Acme mallet hit him in the dome. Yep, and then he just smiles big as fuck, and he's like, Thank you for surviving. And then he shoots the blast breath. I'm a fire and my laser. I'm a charge of my laser. 
yeah, yo, like, I forgot yes. all about Shoop the Whoop, bro. It's like I'm I'm glad you survived and we can finish this honorable fight, bro. Yeah, that was lit. And and it's tight that Luffy goes in and like starts like doing like pulls up the fucking ground and like make and like bounces the the borrow breath back or whatever because people did speculate, you know, what Luffy's awakening would actually look like. You know what I mean? And yeah. I know and I know that Oda be like seeing what people say and like sometimes changing his shit or whatever. I think I heard that. Like if people are a little bit too close you know, to the prize, he'll like switch it up in some kind of like way to like make it to where you didn't completely predict a major plot point. I don't know if that's true or not. I just heard that through the grapevine. So take I that mean, with a grain of salt. But I think certain shit is kind of bound to in a way with like at least rules in the power system. You know, you can't right. stray too far. You yeah. know, he has to kind of stick within the bounds of like the awakening of, well, Paramecia. To Zoan. Yeah. So yeah, this is definitely weird, but it's again, it's a it's a mythical ability. So he's right. he's he's got a god fruit. Yeah. Though. Yeah. Like, I was just saying, like people have been speculating that he would be able to like make a rubber world or like turn yeah, the world so around I had him into rubber. Which, yeah. Like and, people have been saying that for a while, and that is what yeah. we get. But that's not all we get. It's so much deeper than that. Yeah, and I appreciate right. that inside of 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 the payoff for this is that like yeah you kind of got you were right a little bit but it's a lot Which, more than that you know and it it goes back to you know the the translation discrepancy between TCB and the officials of you know what are what are the limitations of his abilities like is it actually you know whatever he imagines can happen to both his body and the surrounding world or is it just that he can turn things to rubber or whatnot, because the th the fact of the matter is, he was able to change the roof in a way that made it so that the blast bounced off. Yeah, not that it crashed into the wall like a shield, but yep. that it bounced off and mm -hmm. back at Kaido. Like, and that that is a very big difference. Yeah, between like an actual like shield wall and bouncing it back. Right. So yeah. It's gonna be tight yeah. if like if if it really does extend to like even like intangible things like Uro Takako sky manipulation, but like the Luffy version, and all of a sudden it's just like he's bouncing Kaido around the fucking sky like on some pinball shit, like gentle criminal from like My Hero Ooh. Academia type shit. That would be fucking crazy if he could turn the sky rubber in certain patches or some shit. That'd be not. I feel like that would be a, a a lot clearer of an indicator to the um you know discrepancy between the unofficial translation on TCB and the official over here on Viz because it's like that supports the his ability is whatever he fucking imagines like for real for real like that's like reality manipulation on a small scale you know what I mean like type shit versus you know he's has more freedom than he ever has before definitely doesn't um invite the same idea of you know omnipotence or you know reality warping mm -hmm. but yeah i don't know the situation is fucking crazy next chapter is about to be Bruh! wow and we're this. not on break and we're not That's on break otis said no break next week <clears throat> love this final panel too of luffy rolling laughing his ass off Kaido, again, mm -hmm. sorry about that idiot earlier, didn't want to win that way. Luffy, high-pass dialogue, further driving home, like, the lesson he learned from Shanks. Yeah. You know, no fair fight in a pirate world. Yeah. Don't sweat it, man. Let's finish this shit up.
Yeah. Kaido thanking okay. and apologizing to Luffy in the same chapter is like so huge. I want to say yeah. like that's just you can like tell he's so really huge. acknowledged him as a peer at this point. Yeah, that's like it's... big for Kaido's character. <clears throat> it's interesting that you bring up Shanks too, because I I want to I want to touch on that again. Ooh. But I love I love Luffy's form. I love the fact that it looks like his hair is on fire, like yes. the sun. Yes. Um, I love that his eyebrows. Somebody was just like, "Oh, they're like San Sanji eyebrows," and I'm just like, "They look like clouds to yeah. me, Ooh, honestly." In, nice. in terms of their look, love it. Um, and then his eyes are very interesting because of yeah. how they look. And uh, it's not just the another... angry eye. Yeah. Right. I was in another discussion right. with somebody, mm -hmm. and they made the connection to Emu. Um, uh -oh. from Mihajwa, like, like, too, yeah. is there a connection with these eyes? Like, and that's the thing is that, like, until there's actually color added to it, we don't know any, you know, confirmation of anything. There are a lot of people with circles in their eyes and whatnot, so who knows, right? But it would be interesting, just you know, again, since the celestial dragons are supposedly descendants of gods. What if they are, you know, descendants of people of either Nika or adjacent to Nika? What if Emu was related in some way to Nika um, oh, and damn. is trying to seek out and destroy the the current user of Nika? And that's why Emu gave the order to take down Luffy, which... Again, we also know that the Gorosei back during the summit, they had an audience with Shanks, which once again begs the question, since we still don't know who was the pirate he was talking to them about. Right. And was it at this point now, was it actually Luffy? Mm. Was it Luffy because of the fruit? Because one of... One of the, you know, the plot holes that people, you know, will talk about, and one that I I talk about, is that, like, if, if the government knew for 800 years that this special version of the Hitohito Hito no Mi was being masqueraded as the Gomu Gomu no Mi, and they specifically knew the ability that its fruit gave, and there is a book in this world that details all of the the freaking devil fruits in this world, why was it that up to this point, they didn't do more to get this fruit out of Luffy? Like, especially if this, mm. if there was this concern of like, oh no, he is going to be very dangerous if his fruit awakens. Why didn't they put in more efforts to take him out earlier it could be a situation um, where like this fruit has gone from person to person over the course of 800 years and activated joy boy how many times true none right so if they hear that someone has the gomu go on me and they go to kill that person it's just going to regrow somewhere else so like well, the the fruit grows from wherever the person dies right is seems to be the case sure but it's like um, is there a way to track that trajectory and cut it off at the past or anything like no sure so which, which is yeah so as far as like 
dedicating time and effort and money and troops into hunting down everybody, you know, whoever had the Gomu Gomu no Mi, it's like, well, it's like, how many times is this fruit going to be eaten by somebody and that person's going to live their entire life without ever triggering this aspect of the fruit? You know, like how many times are we going to dedicate that much time and effort into chasing down every single person who ever has it if it's that True. small of a possibility that it will actually become Joy Boy? But that being said, like if if they if their intents and purpose was to make sure that they secured the fruit, right? If that was the case, then they want to get it, right? Like in like the biggest tell, other than the fact that like his body is rubber. Is the fact that for his attacks, he starts out every attack with Gomu Gomu No. Yeah. It's probably so. a bigger deal for them to, to, to dedicate time and forces and effort to finding the fruit when it's in fruit form versus mm -hmm. when it's eaten and in a body. Because when it's right, eaten and in a body, there's like no, you know, real likelihood that it'll become Joy Boy. But when it's in the fruit form, then you can just go get it and but hold that's, on again, to it. Yeah. That's assuming that they want another joy boy and that they d don't just want to secure the fruit and whatnot sure so i again that's that's just one of the 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 talked about plot holes in that regard of like if this was such a big deal right why was it delayed for as long as it was and why did you specifically do it during the fight with kaido was it sure. because all of a sudden there was that shanks influence maybe that, like he told them about luffy yeah like who knows like like again i it's... mean my thought on it would be this at least as far as the timing goes <clears throat> it's like kind of like Knox said i do i do think there's a little more merit in the argument to say like instead of continuing to like kill the person try and get the fruit when we know the fruit is evading us we can never get our fucking hands on it and hold it down it's always a situation where it evades our grasp some grasp somehow we would rather just let this person live out there you know 90 100 120 fucking kurehas old as fuck we, <laughs> we don't really know how old humans can live to be yeah whatever so, their lifespan yeah their lifespan <laughs> old as fuck um, <laughs> let them live out their lifespan knowing that they're most likely not going to awaken the fruit based yeah. on the lifestyle that they're most likely living, which is not pirate shit. A lot of, you know, I'm sure regular, regular ass people happen upon devil fruits and eat them all the time. Mm -hmm. But now it's gotten to the point where like, okay, this kid's actually making waves. Like maybe keep our eye on him. He'll, 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 he thinks he's a big fish. He'll probably get taken out. Now he's actually fighting Kaido, and, like, you got moles in the situation that are saying, like, this dude might win. Yeah, it's so real. Like, now it's a situation where it's like, okay, this dude's actually kind of getting close to the level where he may awaken the fruit. Now but we gotta let's act Let's go get this. him out of here. That's yeah. the thing, though, is that, like, he's, even then, he's still been making waves up to this point. Like, he's yeah. had several brush-ins with the the celestial dragons or the celestial dragons adjacent yeah. so like news of them should make their way up to Marijuana right. especially has. since and they're the has, ones yeah. running the world government so mm -hmm. again it a but lot then, of it depends on like what what is their actual pursuit and what was it that was stopping them from pursuing it earlier if it was just a matter of 
killing Luffy and taking his fruit. But it's not a plot well, they're, hole they're until we get to like the system yes. of power, right? I, where, and yeah. I get that. And it's not a plot hole until we get their reasoning for right. this specific yes. like question. Up until up until then, it's just I really want the answer to that question. Right. Not really. Like, it's a plot it's a hole. contentious yeah. plot hole, not a confirmed right. plot hole. Right. I think the way around that is that, like, in that situation, they kind of default to the system of powers that is, like, the absolute belief in the world where it's, like, you can be a pirate that's making waves in this world, but at the end of the day, you're going to hit the new world, and these Yonkos are going to dick you down. And you're either going to work for them, or you die. So, like, <laughs> we're not too worried about this kid. Now he's like, okay, this dude might actually beat Kaido. Fuck. This is serious. So, like, mm -hmm. I think you can still get around it with that thought process where, like, even if he was making waves, they definitely noticed him. They were definitely like, yo, this dude's out here. Yeah. They knew about it. Like, he's got the gum gum for sure. He's making big waves. But, like, we can be pretty confident that, like, these Yonkos are going to sit his ass down and take care of him once he gets to the new world. Long before oh, the joy mission is even a problem. And he's now it's actually like, fucking about to be yeah. Kaido. Miscalculation. He was that guy. And now we need, now that we are certain, we should probably go take him out type shit. Like, you never know, like, exactly how, like, those kind of conversations are going to go. Like, you want to assume, like, that's where a lot of Otis focus and passion in his storytelling is going to kind of, like, roost, right? Is inside of the world government Gorosei storytelling. You, you want to assume that that's where all of his, like, best pen is going to come from in regard to, like, the writing of, like, you know, um wrapping up of certain plot threads and shit you know what i mean like he usually snaps pretty hard when it comes to stuff like that so i think the reasoning will be solid once mm -hmm. we finally get it and i think we're meant to question it in this way right now i think oda is totally cognizant mm -hmm. of exactly what kind of conversations this information will will bring about so and he's yeah, like I think so chaotic fucking chaotic good chaotic neutral whatever about it that it's like yeah <laughs> mm-hmm but yeah, yeah, man, I don't know. I think, fucking I think crazy chapter, man. Yeah. Holy fuck. Yeah, that's all I had, though. That's about all I had for One Piece as well, man. <sighs> yeah. Bang, I, I chapter. <laughs> outside of everything that we talked about, obviously, again, there's, there are so many theories that you can go back and look at different chapters and whatnot and start making connections for. Um, so I'm, I'm really excited to see what other people come up with. Hell yeah. Um, and even developing my own theories and seeing where things go from there. Um, especially even again with things that have not been revealed yet. Um, especially timeline wise mm -hmm. again, like the, the fact that you know, this fruit has been avoiding them for 800 years and prior to 800 years was the void century mm -hmm. and Zunesha's crime at the end of the void century leading off into this 800 year span of time right what happened yeah there, there are there are so many things like you can you know theorize at this yeah. point and i love it i love that this is the chapter that gets to revitalize all these one piece youtube channels that let's be honest for quite a while now just given the pace of wano they were running out of things to talk about you can <laughs> really? only you can only talk about like post wano bounties and who's yeah. gonna join the crew and stuff like that so, so many long. times yeah. like this is the chapter where if you put in the work you are going to have a gold mine worth of content that you can glean from for months to come oh yeah so man. 
And I know there are people out there that are going to, you know, put their nose to the grindstone and get it done. And I'm excited to see what we get from it. And Fuck I'm yeah, dude. especially excited to see what kind of head cannons come from this. Yes. Um, I'm not like, excited for that because with head cannons come like really cringy agenda battles sure, in the one yeah. piece community I, and like that's just like I, so annoying I, I agree but I, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited <laughs> to see yeah. Yeah. when things don't go people's way it's right like, okay yeah right 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 i uh i i one of my reaches that i came up with um just based on things especially if if we are confirming that there are multiple god versions of the the human hito hito no me um i I'm kind of curious as to whether or not uh, Vegapunk might actually have a mythical Hito Hito no Mi. I was kind of I I was throwing around on another stream that maybe he has uh, Hephaestus, ooh, the, ooh, the Greek ooh. god. Uh, especially tight. given how like he's been doing a lot with technology um, and robots and making robots or weapons eat fruits and whatnot so well it makes you think about like what these gods will actually be right because like nika is like a god of one piece but i don't think it's an actual god i know it's like derivative of whereas representative of an actual god actual god right yeah so i mean i wonder what like the one piece equivalent of that is going to be because oda likes to use his own pseudoscience and his own you know like lore that is you know derivative of like real world lore so we'll get Mm -hmm. like the the oda version of these words and whatnot and i wonder you know it it makes me want to go back through the series and like see all of the instances of the word god being used and who they were talking about and 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 see if there's other pretty sure they called ryuma a sword god you know what i mean so there there was Yeah. With Skypea, there were um, mentions of different gods based on different elements. Mm-hmm. So that's also a possibility as yeah, well. Shit like that. Um, you know, it it also, you know, the fact that Luffy has a god fruit, it makes the whole fight with Anel back in Skypea that much more different. Oh, where damn. he was fighting off against a, a man that wanted to be a god, whereas <laughs> Luffy... Was an actual god. Was an actual key. god. Yeah, that's hilarious to think about, yeah. Mm-hmm. Good shit. Okay, hold on, wait. Yeah, what you got? I saw, I saw a little, I saw a light bulb go off. Bruh, okay, so. We talked about recently, I think on the Ranger Reject segment, like Amaterasu and Tsukuyomi. Yeah. The, like, story behind them and the lore base, like, okay, so Amaterasu is the sun god, obviously, Tsukuyomi's the moon god their brother and sister. <clears throat> Holy fuck, I'm trying to find a way to put this into words. Okay, okay. They like hadn't ended up having a feud because Sukuyomi killed the Earth Mother or whatever like the food god, right? Who would regurgitate food so that people could eat it. Yeah, something like that. And when he killed her it became physical form, cows and shit on the earth. Yeah. Holy fuck. Okay. <laughs> so Bro, we have he cooking, Nika. He cooking. We have Nika, right? The sun god. Yeah. And this may not be like direct lore as far as names and shit go, but it could tie in. Like, what if Nika is the sun god and that has been transferred into the fruit? Like, these were gods or beings that were like cooked down into these fruits in some way and the wills are being inherited now through time, but they were originally people. Like, Nika is Joy Boy. Luffy is that incarnate. What if fucking Im-sama 
is the Sukiyomi Sukiyomi, the moon, yeah, and fucking like they're feuding because in the beginning of all this shit in the void century, uh, the moon Sukiyomi god fucking did something that caused all these beings to like be forced into these fucking fruits, and that's why they're feuding over time. And it's got me thinking, like, what if fucking Uranus is like the last existing being that they were turning into these fruits. And that's why it's like been put off the reveal for so long. Hmm. I don't know. Dude. I like where you're I, going with the emu. I'm struggling to find a way to put this shit into words because it yeah. just hit me like a ton of bricks out of yeah. nowhere when you were talking. I, I, think I see the vision, bro. Like, I like emu as a Sukiyomi equivalent for like, that you definitely know, the, ties the into the whole in one piece. Yeah. Right. It definitely ties into the whole, you know, descended from God celestial dragons thing. And also why Emu would be, you know, held to a higher standard compared to everyone else with the whole throne that no one else can sit on. Um, so I, I think it is, you know, it's got some merit with it. I also think that the giant straw hat in their possession, I'm thinking that might be the actual original hat of Nika. Or Joy Boy to scale, yeah, um, yeah, I think, and yeah, that's why like that they want too, the yeah. the fruits in combination with the hat. But um, th- again, it just goes to show there are so many theories that can be made from the information that we've been given in this chapter and trying to connect it to the one thousand four hundred thirty or one thousand forty three chapters that came before it. Yeah, like. It is insane. It and really is. It. You're almost. Makes like, you wonder why you got why they, why did they have the hat frozen? Is it alive? Mm. Like, does the hat also have a will of its own, and they got to keep it like cryogenically frozen, or uh, it's gonna do some uh, shit? Oh, <laughs> the hat yeah. had no me. The hat <laughs> had no me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's getting stupid now. Yeah, we yeah, 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 yeah. Take right. us, take us, uh, take us into the outro. <laughs> How did we uh, get here? All right, that will do it for this episode of the Project Manga Podcast. Before we get into kind of the outro, Axel, why don't you take a minute to tell everybody kind of what it is you do, where they can find you, and all that happy stuff. <laughs> yes. So, uh, if you are not familiar with me already, um, I guess. Surprise, surprise. Uh, (laughs) I've been been here enough already. Jeez. Um, You can find me on YouTube at Axel Ablaze Productions. Um, You can also find me on Twitter at Axel Ablaze underscore PAC. I talk a lot uh, about manga, especially ongoing content and whatnot, as well as new series. I like to discuss uh, magazine information, um, as was evident in our conversation with Ayashiman. So if you like information like that, if you like talking about new manga, new anime, um, as well as old manga and whatnot too, um, feel free to check me out. I've got new content on the way, eventually. Uh, <laughs> working through it. Believe me, I'm not quitting anytime soon. It's just, it's hard. Editing yeah. is hard. Right. Script writing is hard. Oh yeah. But I digress. Um, I, I want to thank you guys, though, for having me on, as always. Um, always it's always fun to talk about stuff and 
I, if, if there was one chapter of One Piece that I wanted to discuss, it was this one. So I'm mm-hmm. glad I got to be here for it. The stars align. Right. Happy man. Dude, it's you. always fun having you on the show. Conversation is uh, boundless. Yeah, and your industry, your industry insight is fire for our show too. Yes, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, all that you know, re- all relevant links and stuff to Axel's any you know pages and 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 all that will be included in the description box down below. So. With that said, thank you all so much for watching. If you did, be sure to slap a like on this video if you enjoyed it, um, as well as subscribing to the channel for more fire-ass weekly content. Make sure you hit that comment section down below. Let us know what you thought of this weekend jump. Uh, Chop it up with us down there if you thought we missed any talking points or anything like that. We will be in that motherfucker. (laughs) Also, while you're down there, take a look in the description box where you can find links to any and all of our individual social media accounts such as Twitter, online communities like Discord, audio listening platforms to consume the podcast on, as well as ways to support the show, such as our online store or our Patreon. And uh, yeah, with all that said, this will be another stupendous episode of the Project Manga Podcast wrapping up. I'm your host, Eagle. Knox. And I'm Axel. Sarabada. Thank you.